was largely everything we discovered last week. We, we spent most of our time and several days working to help Zuri Starflower overhaul the pig's ear uh, to help her out, so she would help us out by telling her, or telling us rather, who had been using that tunnel to the Altarian crypts. We learned it was Vaz, and just briefly had discussed how we wanted to proceed from there before ending last week's session. And I believe the last thing we'd done was everyone had to split to go gather weapons and armor because you... We're going to meet up. Now. Not entirely sure what we're going into at this point anymore. Right. So, and, and that's exactly where it was. Each of you heads back to your residences and spends a few minutes uh, suiting up so to speak. I assume somebody goes and gets Espis. That's yeah. probably what I would go do because I seems, don't exactly need armor. It seems like this has very rapidly swung back into Espis's wheelhouse here and things he may be interested in <laughs> now the tavern makeover has ended for the week. Espis just shows up behind us with a mug of beer. So who all lives or stays in the town? I know you, you're outside, aren't you? Don't you have a... Uh, I have a cottage, but it's like literally right outside of town. Like outside the walls. Like though. right outside, outside the walls. the walls on a farm. Dalren, you. I live in a boarding house in the northern side. What about you two? I stay at the. Um, I can't remember the name of the <clears throat> archives. You actually stay at the archives. Yep. Okay, so. Like Fits little, right on a shelf. There's a little yep. closet, like, that... No, it's the elf on a shelf, nook, not Just the a half nook half under thing. a staircase <laughs> that you just walk straight into because you're small enough to make those things work. And that's just... My family does also stay in town um, so that they're easy access for helping out around. Okay. So Dalrin, then, would be the only one that, as you get back to your home and uh, you open the front door to head in to gather your ancient armor mm. and your gusan uh, and everything... Uh, to have found a note that has been slid under the door. It looks like a fairly uh, large sheet of just standard parchment hmm. that is covered across with a pretty impressive uh, bit of artwork dictating a man standing up, posing one leg perched on a keg, raising a foaming mug up in the air with a massive grin on his face, and an invitation for all to ju- gather together tomorrow, the second of Calistril, at Caden's Keg, one of the other not pig's ear taverns in the town, slash church, kind of. The line's awkward with Caden Kalian. Uh, <laughs> to celebrate Merrymead. And all of you, I don't know how much heavily everyone is invested in alcohol in general across this party, other than Buddy, maybe you. It's too expensive. Too well, expensive. Dalrin knows I mean, I do t- for sure that you do not slight the gods. It's not a good thing to do. But and you would it's all, his month, so... You would all certainly be familiar with Mary Mead. It's uh, one of the major religious, technically, <clears throat> holidays. Uh, it, it's religious in the same way as St. Patrick's Day. It's technically religious, and that St. Patrick is the same. <clears throat> um, because it's Kate and Kalian, who's... Not far off of the analog. The accidental god, so to speak. Who's... Drove the snakes out of the tavern. Yeah, he's, uh, his exploits or his domains of of uh, worship include heroism, bravery, and drinking a lot. Doesn't he have luck, too? I feel like there's one also that leads luck. into the other two. 
but but this is like Mary a Mead. piece of artwork. It's like a, someone a, a, worked yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, it's not like colored in or anything, but someone did draw that on there. And yeah, so this, this isn't has a print. slid under your door. Apparently, they have spent some time making a lot of these. But that's not surprising, because again, you would all know that Mary Mead, although it may come as a shock that that's literally tomorrow with how wrapped up you've been in things recently, is kind of Caden, Kaylee, and Christmas. It is sort of a major holiday, and okay. it's not surprising. This is where the fine bourbons and the wines and the whiskeys all come out. Now we're talking. No, the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets cheap drinks. This is yeah. This is this is where the uh, whatever drink there is flows as close to freely as possible. Quantity, not quality. I remember reading about Caden Kalian. Quantity, quantity, not, not quality. quality. <laughs> <laughs> so, you would. Well, what? Well, I mean, this, this is clearly an invitation. Someone worked very hard on this. You don't, you you don't tick off the pantheon. We're, I'm gonna have to. I'll have to go invite everybody. We'll have to go and 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 it, it'll it'll be a trial to take this day off and get completely <laughs> soused. But it's important. And, and you know that the the woman that runs it, Miss Tate, uh, she is, again, this crossover is just interesting. She both runs the the bar itself. Which, for as far as drinking is concerned, is probably the more pop- the most popular in Breed Show. I and mean, of course, it's Caden Kalian's chosen bar. That's like the gods themselves showing a holy alcoholic beacon down on this building. <laughs> but she is also, like, she is a cleric. Mm. She is a cleric of Caden Kalian. You know she has divine magic, and she is a fairly powerful one at that. So she's she just can make the beer stronger. Well, she's just doing it to, to get tax exemption on her tablet. <laughs> You're so wrong. <laughs> no, but I'm sorry. Lauren's seen this happen before. This isn't a bar. This is a church of Caden Kalian. I'm tax exempt. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, pocketing that, you armor up, grab your Usain, whatever yep. else you need. Everybody else uh, kits up as well. And you all. I just head. go shine a light in Esvis's window. Hey, come on, we're going. <laughs> just lantern. Esmas! Esmas, we gotta go break into a store! (laughs) Hey, Esmas! His dad opens the door, he's like... It's not that late. It's like... It's still like an hour or two before sundown. It's like late afternoon at best. But a few minutes later, the five of you, along with Tyrannus, all regroup outside the Reliant Book Company. Now, most of you are relatively familiar with the building you've been in here, at least somewhat regularly before. Definitely not Buford, and I don't know about Esfis. Maybe wandered by Maybe on patrol. Your head in. Yeah. It's kind of off in a corner of Reachill. It's pretty far out at a distance from a lot of other things. It's right near the wall, uh, the town wall itself on the northwestern side. And its positioning has not been a great help to the surely to the amount of sales the place gets because there's just not a whole lot going on back here um, but it's a fairly small affair uh, a simple wooden brick building with a single door entryway and it's just square all around a single story with windows out on each side and you get there with Tyrannus already waiting for you standing near the door with his breastplate donned and his halberd in hand and you 
quick recap. You you moved the lesser potency rune to his halberd, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Somebody did that? Okay, so he's not yeah, back and, into and halberd. Yeah, you also have a... Oh, yeah, you have a plus one longbow, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> that is, I guess, the thing we should probably catch you up yeah. on. Just plus one. Yeah, so it's just a, it's just plus one to your attack rolls with the longbow because they, they moved the rune from the other halberd over to your bow. So, yeah. Merry Christmas. You should guess should miss sessions more often. <laughs> we try to bribe you back with hey. magical loot. <laughs> but uh, he taps his halberd to the door where a simple sign is posted. Simp- just closed. No further information or anything. Uh, n- actually just nailed to the outside of the door itself. Uh, it's a flat, thin wooden plank with the word painted across it and a fairly thick and brushed hand. Well, uh, well, that's okay. Uh, I'll go up. I'm guessing it's locked. And he, he would just nod as he approached the door. I tried. I figured I may as well give it a shot while I was waiting. It's locked, as are the windows. Uh, I guess I'll give it a go. He just sort of looks around. Now, there's a, does not seem to be a lot of foot traffic in this area. I've only been here a few minutes, but I've seen nearly nobody pass. I'll stand in front of you. Oh. And he just puts his halberd up and just sort of makes himself large and just screens you a bit uh, toward uh, from the main street. Okay, so he's standing up tall in front of me. She's got to impress him now. Like, this has just become key. Well, he's looking the other direction, but... Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The stakes are high. <laughs> this is this is a big one. And you are going to make a thievery check? Yeah. You are at least trained, right? I am trained. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a 21. Ooh, that's, that's pretty good. And with that 21, as you take your picks and your tools and insert them into the lock here, you're a bit surprised... Because you know Vaz doesn't have a terribly profitable business. She has enough. She makes enough income to keep the business running, and not a whole lot more, really. Nor does she have any exceptionally valuable or rare tomes stored within. I mean, she she lives here, but the lock on this front door is of outstanding make, hmm. and beyond that, has several countermeasures taken to be difficult to pick. Uh, the key does not appear to slide in just completely straight with the pins right up above the top of the keyway. They're all slightly offset from each other, mm-hmm. uh, making it very difficult for you to properly get tension in. But you are also pretty good at this. And just barely, you're able to pop this lock and get the front door open. Just okay. barely. That was more of a sweat than I expected it to be. And Tyrannus looks like, what took so long? Um, I haven't seen or felt a lock like that since I tried to pick my family's silver cabinet open. Like, people use these locks in very, very good houses to hide very valuable things. I would well, not this have... This explanation can continue inside. Okay. Now there's six of us here. This is somewhat conspicuous. Okay. Ah, is that open? Oh, clunk. Yeah. Clunk. All right, so the group of you all kind of <laughs> clonk 
<laughs> into the Reliant Book Company here. Buford now in actual full plate. I'm getting used to this new full plate, you know. <laughs> the full knight armor with, again, quick reminder, the near-perfectly spherical bubble helmet with two clips on the side so he can perch his cowboy hat atop it. You look impressive and ridiculous at the same time. Which is a thing I can't believe I did not include in the recap video. It's critical information <laughs> for people trying to keep up with the show. You're like, out, you'd, you'd hear it from like echoing voice inside of this helmet. You like my new set of armor? Do you? As this, and it'd be kind of like it'd be like a reverberating out. <laughs> and echoing yes. Being a whisper elf, my ears just kind of like very briefly just twitch at the strange noise. <laughs> just this so. doesn't help you swim. <laughs> True. Well, it might. We haven't tried yet. As you all make your way inside, it is a bit cluttered for six people, uh, a lot of which are in fairly hefty armor. Uh, the central area of the shop itself, the storefront, the main floor you enter into is not terribly large. Uh, the buildings may be only 25 feet across in any given direction, and most of that, especially all around the outside, is just filled with bookshelves uh, laden near top to bottom with old dusty tomes and scrolls. And, of course, Dalren, you would, you would recognize some of your own writings that you've sold to Vaz here, taking some of these shelves. Hmm. But, I mean, she does she does have a fairly impressive assortment, given the location of Breach Hill and the lack of access to any real trade. And she has a bunch of, of things written in all myriad languages. Uh, even in tongues you don't even recognize. Uh, of course, you can look at some and tell, oh, this is Wangiro, this is Chalish, or something. I, I don't, or, this is Tian. I don't speak it, but I know vaguely what it looks like. But there are some where even the, the, the alphabet, the, the letters themselves, are completely unrecognizable to you. But she still has them out here. They've never sold, and she's, uh, if you've ever expressed curiosity to her when you've been hanging around before, they aren't particularly valuable just from far-reaching places and of interest to a a specific brand of collector, maybe. There's two doors that lead into the back of the shop. Uh, one of which you would know from Vaz popping in and out while you've been around the U3 anyway, while you've been around the store, just leads to her own bedroom where she stays. And the other with a large mounted <coughs> engraved sign reads staff only that you're not really positive what's ever back there. Staff only type stuff. Staff only type stuff. I mean, assumedly, it's the thing she uses <coughs> to uh, test various bits of parchment and test date various for necromantic rituals. Maybe test various necromantic rituals. It turns out maybe it could be a secret wizard laboratory. <laughs> but we've never really been back there. I guess I'll make sure that the door is closed behind us and at least has the appearance of not having been broken in. Yeah. So you shut the door. I mean, she just picked the lock, so it's not like you bashed your way in here or anything. So yeah, just closing it behind you. There's absolutely no reason anyone would suspect anything outside. Uh, all of the windows are shuttered as well, uh, with shades brought down on the inside, so nobody can just see and even were they to walk around the building for some reason. As you enter, as Tyrannus just kind of looks around here. There's a front counter just before the two doors that lead into the two halves of the back area, uh, with a large ledger on it still open, where she'd recorded what sales the shop had. And he walks over and just starts looking down through that. What are the rest of you doing, uh, Rick? I would probably go take a look behind the counter to start with. 
like just her general area of transactions. Okay, so uh, you're you want to be seeking, but we're going to be looking specifically back there. Yeah. How about you, Espus? I'll also be be. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll be. I also have that. <coughs> Bless you. Allergies, man. Allergies, man. Corona. Stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> um, I'll I'll be searching around, uh, going over to the staff only uh, door and seeing if there's anything around it that's been disturbed, or check the door real quick, just as a passing thing, see if it's locked. Okay, uh, so you do are both seeking here. Well, you, Buford, you're probably the only one who's never set foot in this building before. It smells old, and it smells of dust. And well, it's no wonder she got no customers in here. It's not. It's not because it's messy. It's not because it, it, well, there's a lot in here that's cluttered. But just that this, a lot of these books are very ancient. They look terrible. So it, God, it dude, smells she of dust really and should throw some of these things out. They're way too old. It might be due to the rate of literacy in this particular town that the shop's in such disarray. The the rate of what now? Exactly. <laughs> Three. Uh, most of you come in here and see a lot of books in common and several books in strange outlandish languages. Buford just sees a whole bunch of books in languages he can't read. <laughs> <laughs> uh just, so you just kind of just because you well, start with languages. I'd probably go wander around behind Esfis, and then uh, if helping. I pick up, if I yeah, I'd be helping, of course. If there were like any like like um, books with you know some pretty pictures or anything, I might pick <laughs> it up and then like whenever once someone looked over at me, I'd like do what I think is the good reading speed. So I'd flip a page every four seconds <laughs> because I'm like that's how fast people read. I'm sure of it. How <laughs> about you, Tara? Um, so I'm uh, a little concerned, Vaz. I've been in this this, this shop lot enough times that it, the, the layout doesn't confuse me. Um, but I am a bit concerned because uh, if Vaz was a necromancer, uh, there may be some sort of arcane uh, wards of some such here. So he's going to keep an eye out specifically for that. He's trained in Arcana. He knows roughly what to look for. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to be checking that out. And rather than going to the staff-only section, he'll kind of also move towards um, her, her rooms instead of the staff. Perfect. And how about you, Ms. May? Um, so I've been here um, several times. When I was in here before and I used Detect Magic, did I pick up anything? Previously, uh, if you had ever cast Detect Magic in the shop, you would not have registered any magic. Okay, well, I'm going to cast it now to see if I register magic yeah, now. And, and it can easily cover the whole of this <coughs> chamber here. It still doesn't pick up anything. But uh, I feel like... At least until we have left book one of Age of Ashes, every time Detect Magic comes up, I have to give the second edition Detect Magic disclaimer that it is an in, like it is a the cantripiest cantrip. So if it is in any way hit, like you can actually in second edition have a book, cut a hole out in the middle, put a talisman in there, and close it, and not Detect Magic. Oh, like wow. if an if an attempt was made to hide it. Or if even somebody who has magical gear is attempting to hide, detect magic will not ping off of it, okay. because you can you can screen it pretty well. So it's it is just dr dramatically less reliable than it once was. I guess like the tenth time I've given this disclaimer, <laughs> because it's just it blows my mind every time I think about it. That's well, probably the the staple spell that has changed the most going from first to second. Well, I am also an expert in Arcana, so I will also be looking around for less obvious signs that magic has gone on here in some more covert way. Okay. So, Rur, as you head over back behind this front counter with Tyrannus, it's immediately obvious 
that underneath the ledger of sales on the inside of this, on the back side of this desk, there is a decently sized till box uh, where she kept all of the coins from her transactions. It looked like it's been cleaned out completely. Uh, but the ledger on the table that Tyrannus is looking through just does seem to have longed all of her recent sales. And looking through it and just glancing over, you don't immediately see anything of interest. It all looks fairly mundane, and it's not like she was terribly busy. It's open to a page that she's halfway down one side of, and that's probably two or three months worth of transactions, at least a quarter of which are with Dalren. <laughs> uh, but make me a perception check. Um, alright, so that's a 27. Uh, with a 27, as you look through, one of them does sort of stand out to you. Uh, because it's marked out with red ink with a question mark. Uh, and where normally she would be tracking things she had acquired where they would be shelved or filed. It's written that she stored it uh, in her personal chambers, but that's crossed out and question marked. And this happened just a couple of days before the call for heroes. And rather than a title of a book or a treatise or a treatise, sorry, treatise. or a uh, <laughs> or any other kind of tome, this simply says conjuration scroll, comma fire. And the Tyrannus stands there. If you, I would point it yeah, out. Point it out. <clears throat> that conjuration scroll. This was. She trades in magical things. Well, I mean, it is a place of learning. It's entirely possible the occasional magical scroll would come through every now and then. It's even possible the person didn't know what they were selling. Or it's even possible they could possibly just have been outright malicious towards us by redeeming their hard-earned channel points for yet another villain point for your GM. Thank you, Link1429. <laughs> I have three now. Oh, no, and another one as well, a fourth. <laughs> I had just shouted out that one. A fourth villain point to my stash. Tyrannus is speaking in tongues. He must be put down. <laughs> <laughs> From Handsome Ganker. Wow, I'm getting loaded. I gotta start. Someone's gotta start spending these on everything. Fair enough. Let's so, go fight uh, some something inconsequential. Fear so your next combat. Fight a squirrel. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> You've but already uh, seen what rats can do. Stop it. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> it. You don't have a good track record with rodents. So he's looking down at the uh, thing here. Huh. Well, I did not notice this woman at all. But I see nothing else here to indicate any similar transactions. None of the rest of these are scrolls. What do you think this question mark is? Did she lose it? Well, it just so happens that the timing conveniently adds up to the summoning of a little imp in the town hall during the Call of Heroes a few days ago. So it's entirely possible that her assistant that we caught up at... You may have stolen it. Yep. Yes, I see. And that would explain this why This is I that Carmont, the halfling you were carrying back after you first met. Hmm. Yep. It's exactly. So... Esfis, as you are up at the door to her chambers, uh, you go quickly and try the, uh, the knob and realize it's locked from the inside. Uh, she's secured that door up as well. Uh, but looking around it, why don't you make me a perception check as well? Uh, total of 18. Uh, with an 18, 
looking down near the uh, the bottom of the door, uh, you can see that the path in and out of here is far more well-worn than the one that goes in and out of whatever the staff room is on the other side. Apparently, she didn't even seem to use that door terribly often, uh, but she had to come and go from here regularly because that's where she slept and ate and lived. Uh, but the last time she came through here, it looks like a an extraordinary amount of caution was taken to make sure the door was properly sealed. Uh, you can see there's nearly no wear right on the inside crack near the door handle, implying that this door probably isn't even closed all the way on most days and it's just left ajar open for her ease of access. And it's not normal that it's brought completely closed and latched tight like this. Uh, in fact, it doesn't even look like it fits perfectly in its frame normally. And extra, a lot of extra effort would have had to be make, making sure that it had in fact latched. So, buddy, you're nearby, who's sort of peeking over with this as Esmus is looking around. <laughs> Looks like a door to you, um, but as Esmus tries it, it's quite clearly locked. Uh, Doran, the staff-only door, however, does not appear to be locked, and the, uh, the handle moves freely. Why don't you make me a perception check as well? Sure. Uh, so that's going to be a 22 and uh, with a 22, it looks like this isn't even hooked up to have any sort of a latch. There isn't a locking mechanism she could have had on this. Mm -hmm. uh, she clearly seemed to have one on her bed chambers just for personal privacy. But whatever was back here, I mean, she lives here. It's not like it was ever that out of her sight for that long where people could come and just mess with whatever is in the staff room. Sure, sure. Vending yeah. machines. Well, I mean, I, I, I suppose then in that case, um, it's probably there's not anything particularly of interest back here that Vaz would have recognized would be of interest. But at the same time, uh, it's certainly worth a, a, an examination. So he'll just push his way back and start looking around. And as you open the door, spikes shoot out from both sides, set into the door frame, skewering out towards Dalren. Not locked, but it is trapped. What yeah. is your AC, actually? Uh, AC is going to be 20. This has to attack you. I have deny advantage, so I think it can't surprise me unless the um, unless the level is higher than me. Does it have to be higher than you, or does it have to be too higher than you? Because it is a level 4 hazard, so I know first edition had a lot of things that had to be too higher than you. I don't Well, let me see if it matters. It says roll a d d20 and find out. Um... That is going to be a 34. Oh, I think so, it'll hit me. Uh, it is. <laughs> These spikes. You, you want to spend one of those those villain points? No, I'm going to get that a little higher. Yeah, maybe you uh, so... yeah, can get a little higher than that. So as these spikes come out, they're incredibly fine uh, but sturdy, and they launch out from the door frame uh, with a pretty impressive amount of pneumatic force, loaded back with some kind of a decent, decently hefty mechanism on the other side. And you all would see these pierce directly through Dalren's armor. Okay. Just punching in through and even see the tips of them punch out the backside. <laughs> Fortunately, they're thin enough that it's not horrifically gory or anything. Yay. <laughs> Probably doesn't feel nice. Probably but doesn't feel nice at all. That's a lot of dice he's rolling. As they retract... They had barbs on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dalren drops. Six, nine, 12, 14, 15, 30 damage. 
I do not drop. Don't rinse up! Yeah, that actually, <laughs> that wouldn't even be enough to take me out. Yeah, that's right, we are level three now. But you do take 30 damage from a series of these spikes shooting so right most through of So your he, gets trans, yeah. he gets transfixed, and then it pulls back, and he just kind of stumbles away. Oh, ah! God. Now, although it would look, uh, at first, surprisingly uninjured because the, like, the entry points are so small, uh, immediately blood would start yeah, falling right. on the ground underneath Dalren. <laughs> Out of character, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to a certain sci-fi movie of a geometric shape with bad traps in every room, no. so. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and uh, Tyrannus immediately turns. I think that the, the rooms may be trapped. From the Please be careful. Uh, uh, the door slowly uh, swings open, because you, you got it open as this thing launched out, so it's it's open now. Why, Asmodeus, what happened? What was that? Roar, quick. Does no one listen? What happened? I could, I'm over behind a uh, yeah, counter. They're I, behind a counter. Like, the they weren't side. looking that way. Yeah. They, just, they just hear like, shink, shink, and look <laughs> over and see blood on the ground. <laughs> He's been skewered. Like, Dolren's very injured. By what? Is, is it still there? It's Traps a trap. in the doorframe. Do be careful, please. Oh my gosh, that hurts. I'm going to immediately come over and pump a, uh, a heel yeah, into Tyrannus you. is going to pull his halberd out and just hold it turning himself towards that door with no idea what's back there. <laughs> Be careful. The door bites. Yeah, so you're going to get tier two heal as a level two spell. It's still a plus eight, correct? Plus 16. Plus 16. It okay. doubles all facets of the spell yet. It's 2d8 plus so 16 now. You get 26. Cool. <laughs> From a much more powerful blessing of Saren Ray. That's that's pretty spectacular. Uh, he, he he looks uh, almost aside from wincing as he rolls his shoulders. He kind of straightens up again. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, that was most unpleasant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look out for the next one. We yes, don't need that no, happening indeed. too many times. Geese arm out. He's going to just kind of poke the floor <laughs> and kind of like poke the Open frame. everything from the farthest reach of your, your weapon, that's, please. That, that, I think that's going to be an excellent idea. Hmm. That's how Dalren's going to go through this turn. He's poking everything now. <laughs> what is with this? With the foot of your, uh, your geese arm, making sure there's nothing else happening. And uh, as... You uh, so you're you, you're going back into that staff room now. Well, I'm gonna make sure that if I it's not a it's you're not a pressure point on the floor. I'm gonna make yeah, sure I mean, it's gonna, not like you're a not motion walking sensor, in right? and starting to poke things, but you're poking your way. Yes, in exactly. Room. He looks like a blind man. <laughs> I'm just. I, I understand this is why shops have those notices of don't let children run free. <laughs> that's all I'm imagining is like, what happened the first time Vaz set this up? Did like just some kid just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Vaz's business just went downhill from there. Uh, let's Vaz be real, if a child. used to have a dog. What dog? Mm. This, uh, this room, as you, you look into it, is fairly small. Uh, maybe the size of this one we're actually sitting in. Probably not even this big. Maybe like eight foot by eight foot. It's, it's a little sectioned off corner of the home. It looks like it holds a uh, pair of desks uh, L'd around the back corner uh, with a single stool sat before them. Uh, a few candles set into... Uh, into holdings on the top of the desks and uh, alongside the door to provide some amount of light, but the rest of the room in absolute disarray. Uh, papers, books, scrolls are everywhere, all over the floor, uh, spread haphazardly across the surfaces of the two desks, uh, many of them having even fallen back down along the walls behind the furniture in here. 
It's a, it's a complete and total mess. Oh. Hmm. But as you tap at every bit of floor and wall, pushing some of these books and papers around, nothing else triggers. Mm. You don't get further murdered. So, uh, Esmus and Buddy, what are you doing? Because you were at the other door here. Tyrannus is standing outside this door with his halberd ready. And I'm just looking in, feeling it's not a very big area and it doesn't appear to be anything in there. Once I realize that Dalrin is okay, <laughs> relatively speaking, relatively speaking, before becoming a connect the dots uh, desert elf, um, uh, I will use the thieves' tools that I acquired from, or not there, but their uh, lock picks and stuff like that that I acquired from Resme while we were down in Citadel Altarian. And try to pick. Did you, did you, have, you had two sets? No, I bought another one when I was at the general store. Okay. She did. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so I will attempt to pick the lock on uh, on Vaz's. Okay. Standing, I'm standing next to him, like kind of with my shield over his head, just like in <laughs> case there's like. In case or, this door also tries to stab you. In case, yeah. Ordinarily, I would find this incredibly distracting, but thank you. Although now, yeah. although now I can't actually see the lock. Hey, don't worry about it. You don't need to see the lock. This is more important. Little, uh, okay. Trap door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep the other hand on the back of his collar and one <laughs> hand. Um, while you're doing that, um, you should be aware that the uh, the pins are uh, offset, and there's gonna be several decoys. So, at least that's the way this lock was. So when you're going in there, don't think that you're going to be dealing with anything simple. Well, I won't underestimate it, but this door was closed uh, with a lot of force. Vaz ordinarily doesn't think that, or I'm assuming anyway, that Vaz doesn't think people like to go rummaging through her quarters. So this door was forced shut. Hmm. We'll see. 23. And uh, with a 23, you would also be able to spring this lock here and open the door into her bedroom, which is a bit bigger than the other research room. About uh, just as deep and about twice as wide. Not quite as severe a state of disarray, uh, but also the whole room has clearly been tossed in a hurry as a someone rushed to gather up things that they valued or considered important on their way out. Uh, there's an unmade bed, a modest chest of drawers that's been completely ransacked. Uh, an open wardrobe right inside the door is missing about half of its contents, just with a bunch of raw hangers laying there and uh, piles on the bottom of it having been tossed aside. And in the corner there's a small desk covered in a bunch of various personal effects. Little dented archivist's reading glasses, uh, some surprisingly large balls of lint, and also uh, one book just sort of laying alone near all of this. So that I don't end up skewered by lifting a book, <clears throat> I would like to make a perception check to make sure that there's You're nothing seeking. else. Go for it. <clears throat> Put the fear in him. We're doing good. <laughs> good GMing. Yeah, 34 they're, is a little scary. They're afraid now. Uh, 27. 
Uh, with a 27, as you peer at this bug from across the room, uh, you can tell that it was placed here fairly recently, and it also shows signs of a, a pretty large amount of use. Uh, the spine itself is fairly loose and worn. Uh, somebody has been has opened this frequently for a pretty decent period of time. You can also see some telltale stains on the outer, where the pages are facing out, a little bit of ink stains that look like somebody has annotated the book itself. And the title is Breachill, Outpost of Liberty. It's sitting on top of a couple loose sheets of paper, so it's pretty unlikely that the book itself is connected to anything in the table or any kind of a mechanism. I will go over and very carefully breach and take the book. Page falls down, your hand's trapped. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, uh, that's like wrong die sometimes. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. So, you take the book. I'll take There's the book. A, yeah, and, it's not attached to anything. Like and, with, and not opening it, I'll motion for uh, Buddy to follow me back out, and I'll come to the rest of the group. Um, and I'll actually immediately hand the book over to Rur. And this has been well written into annotated and it looks like a lot of use has been put into this do you mind putting your expertise to use uh Dalren, your room is tossed yes uh yes uh quite so uh although uh still uh, might be something in here what kind make of make me a perception check what kind of book did you find um a 19 uh what with a 19, as you're looking around it, it, I mean, there very well might be, but this room is so torn asunder <clears throat> that it would take some time to really look through it and see if there's anything of value in here. It's not even clear what the purpose of this room was originally. And it just looks like more storage and a couple of personal desks, but it's not that you don't find anything, it's that it's, it's just impossible with a quick glance. Right. Or not that there isn't anything, rather. Okay. So, opening up this book, what do I, uh, what do I see? Uh, well, you see a lot of text. That's oh, you're, a, you're right. There's quite a bit of text on the page I opened. Too. So, opening up this book here, you see something that honestly would be fairly familiar to you, having lived in the, since you live in the town archives and all. This is, uh, actually not... Joral Blackdale, like he didn't write this, but this book's been around longer than that, but probably his kind of prize. This is a history of Breach Hill. So, we're going to go on a magical journey through Breach Hill's history. Breach Hill traces its founding to 4520 AR. That fall, <laughs> 50 people found themselves mired in a threadbare outpost in a valley at the foot of the Five Kings Mountains. They had little shelter, provisions to survive for just a couple of weeks, and very few skills between the group of them. Almost no defenses against the area's dangers or wildlife. Even stranger, none of the group had any idea how they'd gotten here. Most of them barely remembered their own names. And with the advance of winter up in these mountains, their flimsy outposts' vulnerabilities were clear. And these desperate survivors felt their hope fading. But then, an act of providence saved their lives, says the good people 
were saved by a kindly wizard named Lord Lamond Breachton. Who is totally human. Annotated up on the sides of this. Huh. Those idiots actually thought this was an act of chance, that they weren't the wizard's pet project originally. And then below that, 4A. Some of the papers underneath the book are, there seem to be footnotes that are labeled and looking through for a corresponding here. And what you, uh, what you two would easily recognize as Vaz's hands mm -hmm. are a lot of her own notes of research. And after that wizard had gathered them all together for whatever his plans was, trying to orchestrate some kind of a utopia and it failed, he simply abandoned them here. Can't fault him for cutting off the weak fat from the meat and just discarding what was largely a loss. The only fault I see is his own misplaced sense of morality and pity driving him back to care for those he'd abandoned in the mountains. Very interesting. Lord Lamond Breachton, wandering adventurer, <laughs> scholar, and wizard, was returning from a lucrative trading trip to Druma when he stumbled upon the amnesiac's meager outpost. Totally coincidental. Even with his powerful magic, kindly Lord Breachton couldn't solve the mystery of the human's origins or restore their missing memories. Uh, I, which I is, have no Which clue next to that is from. written simply LOL yeah. in capital <laughs> letter and letters with an exclamation point. And an XD. <laughs> he took pity upon the villagers and spent much of his recently acquired wealth on building proper shelters along the banks of what came to be known as Breach Creek. Furthermore, Breachton helped the amnesiacs acquire food and establish farms, brought in experts to teach them trades, and used his magic and know-how to aid their day-to-day -day affairs when the townspeople became self-sufficient. There are more of Vaz's footnotes here. I can't help but wonder if he had some further ulterior motive. Perhaps he'd hoped by wiping their memories with his own magic, he could have a second shot at this utopia of his. I don't know what got in his head the first, uh, in the first place beyond the grandiose misplaced delusions of a wizard beyond his standing. But surely, with all his power he did seem to possess, there must still have been a further reason for his meddling. He abandoned them, after all. Why return? In less than a year, the outpost was thriving, and the leaders of the burgeoning hamlet named their settlement Breachton's Hill. In their mixed lack of literacy, this eventually just kind of became Breach Hill. Would you like to know more? Despite his monumental place in the town's history, very little is known about Lamond Breachton himself. The wizard's origins are a mystery, and details of his life before arriving in town are conspicuously missing from any records of the uh, extensive local tests written about the town's founding. The townspeople know only Breachton had distinctive gold-colored eyes, the rich voice of an angel, and flowing white hair that reached past the magnificent robes. He, I'm reading this verbatim. He always. <laughs> I don't, I don't like staring down at the book and reading, but this has to be verbatim. Like, I, can't, I can't take any credit from Paizo here. Curiously, the wizard made it clear to those early town pioneers that he was indeed a human. <laughs> 
I would like to point out that I would be reading this with extreme sarcasm to everyone. As opposed to an Azamar, some other celestial touched being. Hello, fellow humans. I too am a human. I too am a human. Well, this layman fellow must have been a real decent bloke. Vaz's notes here. (laughs) Further detailing. It is a curious point he decided to put effort into driving home to these cretins. I wonder if he had some kind of ancestry he wished to hide, or thought perhaps were he some kind of ASMR celestial blooded that would scare them off or somehow interfere with his experiments. Well, I doubt he would have lied to the good folk around here. He's clearly doing a good deed here. You are agreeing with notes. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought, no, yeah, I'm yeah, reading yeah. this off well, from I the book. Well, I thought he was, uh, yeah. I'm just reading what's oh, okay, in the book. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's, he's not like, he's just arguing with Voss's He's going back notes. and forth yeah. with Voss's footnotes and the, and the book here that she's annotated. Yeah. One thing is for certain, though, there is nearly nothing about this Breachton's origins. What purpose he had, or where he'd come from. Although, having lived in this settlement for as long as I have now. It's no surprise that he was able to gain the trust of these foolish idiots. Um... History books describe Breachton's demeanor as exceedingly paternal. He treated each of the town's pioneers as wayward children, regardless of an individual's actual ages. His kindness and willingness to expend his own resources to help the outpost seemed without limit. However, he made the human survival and well-being his entire <laughs> focus for an entire year. Then, one day, as quickly as he arrived, Breachton disappeared. You There's know. a quick annotation there. <laughs> the fools put up a statue of that charlatan. Hilarious! Hmm. You know, that story is really dragging on. Wait a minute. <laughs> When was the uh, the keep? When was the keep built? Citadel Altarian. Yeah. That would also definitely be included in 4638 AR. The newly founded Hell Knight Order of the Nail pledged themselves to fighting lawlessness in the untamed wilds. Impressed with Breachill's peaceful and efficient functionality and apparent self-sufficiency, they chose a spot outside Breachill for their inaugural home. Citadel Altyrian. The Order built its single tower keep high on a low rising hill, a little over a mile northeast of the town. <clears throat> for decades, Breach Hill served as a supply juncture for the Hell Knights, and many townspeople took jobs as laborers or staff members attending to the keep's needs. How long after uh, the town But was... then, in 4682 <laughs> AR, only 44 years after building Citadel Altyrian, the Order of the Nail pulled up stakes from what had become known as Hell Knight Hill. Lured to the west by Queen Domina, then ruler of Corvosa, the Order of the Nail relocated to a far more expansive home in Citadel of Raid. For some years, it maintained a skeleton crew of Hell Knights to watch over the essentially empty Citadel, but in 4711, the Hell Knights abandoned Citadel Altarian entirely. Hmm. How long after the town was developed did the Citadel, was the Citadel built? So the town was developed in 4720, and or 4520, and it was 4638, so a little over a century after. Hmm. Breach Hill's been around for about two centuries. I can't help but wonder if there's some sort of connection between 
the Ring of Alceta and why the wizard was here originally. Vaz's notes also ponder a connection here. Must have been some reason these Hell Knights chose to settle in such a remote location with no resources and near zero trade. I imagine they the shared suspicions like I did, wondering why this breached in had also come to this location. The Hell Knights are not known to make their decisions lightly, especially something with as much investiture as constructing Citadel Altarium. Perhaps I can find more information there. Mm. Well, that would explain why she was attempting to talk to the spirits in in the catacombs. Yes, yeah, I suppose so. However, it's rather curious that well, she'd come all this way out here in the first place. Uh, clearly, uh, it's... I'd really like to know why Vaz came here in the first place. What brought her all the way out to Breach Hill, where she's to lead her to start carrying on these strange investigations of hers? Well, Breach Hill's a pretty nice place, you know. We all treat each other like family here. Of course you do, of course, um, of course. But it's very out of the way, you have to admit. Uh, a bookseller well, to travel all I the mean... way to Breach Hill. Well, but she's a bookseller and apparently a necromancer. Uh, Apparently also historian and a researcher. She apparently has many faces, actually. Well, why'd you come out here to breach you? Rule 38 is always look here. under. So I'm going to start looking under the desk, but I was looking under the through. bed, looking under her mattress. But, but I like the place. It's very nice. So make me yeah. a perception check while you're looking through. Tyrannus also in here listening to all this history. Is this... Is this really the town's history? I did yes. mention that there's a large portion of the town that is not literate. But do you... He, he, he leans top of the the wall and puts his hands together. Fingertips on his brow. You mean to tell me that the people of Breacher legitimately believe a magical wizard came from nowhere to save a group of amnesiacs stranded in the middle of the Five Kings Mountains. Well, have you would, met, buddy? Well, what would have you done if you came across people in need? I mean, it's the right thing to do. Have you met, buddy? It seems to be the general consensus, yes. I don't see what you guys are so confused about. I mean, it seems pretty like, straight out, uh, straight out, as far as I can see, it seems... Uh, see? It's very straightforward. Yeah. See, I'm glad that she, you know... They Resume, were, I knew you could catch on. They were handpicked by the, the wizard. According to Vaz's notes, yes. If they are to be believed, there's no sources for her research here, simply these footnotes she wrote, but she appears to have spent some amount of time studying this. It, it would make sense that people who were susceptible to that <clears throat> kind of story might have been selected. So, a wizard came to build a utopia in the middle of the mountains with no contact with the outside world. This failed. Somehow, he abandoned them, felt bad, came back and settled breach hills. This is the long and short of it, yes? Well, that's Boz's interpretation. I I, I suspect that she seems to be particularly uncharitable towards the residents here and also towards Breachton's uh, motivations. Um, it's possible she may have divined a grain of truth, but as you said, there's no sources, just her conjecture. That said, I 
am inclined to believe the Order of the Nail and the Hell Knight Orders in general do not do things without good reason. The Citadel Altarian, I have admittedly long wondered why here. Mm. The. Well, he gestures to Resume. <clears throat> Perhaps. This ring. This. It can't be a coincidence that two powerful groups or factions have all descended on this place, believing there to be something here. Although, if Citadel Altarian was in fact your order's first home, it might explain why there were so many illustrious figures entombed there. Yes, Citadel Altarian was the founding of the Order of Zanil. This is where we originated long ago. The reasons for which are not so much lost to time, as far as I can tell, as closely guarded secrets. Hmm. For what reason, I still am not entirely sure, but I am starting to piece together. There's clearly something here that many powerful groups have tried to bury. And even my own order. Um, I mean, admittedly, I am not yet a hair knight of the order, so I am still an outsider for now. But I have been raised is a number Citadel Braid. Oh, you're well on your way, Sir Knight. I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be fitting right in. But with this the is something legions. that they. I just cannot rationalize allowing me to come here to investigate this place to find my family's ring. And not only not telling me of whatever it is that truly lurks beneath the citadel, but also not stopping me. Why would they stop you? I mean, think about it. If I had not been a follower of the goddess Alceta, who is an extremely remote and little worshipped elven deity from a completely different region, you would have no idea what the Ring of Alceta even was, and you would have never come to the conclusions you came to. How could they have possibly predicted that? And if the Cinderclaw cultists hadn't apparently crossed halfway across the world to invade the place, you would have had little reason to go and investigate beyond the vault where you found your ring. And this skeletons would not have been raised were it not for this false's intervention. Exactly. exactly. I suppose it all circles back. Well, this raises, I suppose, several further questions. Where, well, and how, oh. Raza, do we proceed here? Yeah, roll that initiative check for me, right? as you're kind of looking around while we're talking. Initiative? Oh, you mean perception. perception. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Roll initiative. initiative. What? Just no! Here. The mattress attacks. <laughs> Bed mimic! All right, um, that's going to be a 21. Uh, with a 21, as you peek around here in bedchambers, you're looking for really anything. Uh, you do actually find something of value. Stashed behind the sort of haphazard heap of clothes did not apparently pass the selection prog- uh, process to be brought along are a small bundle of scrolls. Uh, there are four of them. Hmm. And anybody got read magic? Is read magic still a thing in second edition? I'm actually not 100% on how scroll I identifying works in second edition. Know. So we're going to learn a rule. <coughs> Here. going to go to our old friend, the Archives of Nethys, who is going to give us insider secrets as to how, because I believe this is actually the first time 
Wouldn't, but, it, wouldn't it be on the screen? Uh, identifying is not one of the things that is oh. super in here. I don't have the specifics of scrolls, but I can find it real quickly. Casting a spell from a scroll. All right. The spell is a common spell from a spell list or a spell you know. A single recall knowledge action immediately identifies the scroll. Otherwise, you identify it just like you do magic items now. Okay, so scrolls are no longer segmented from other magic items. They are identified the same way as everything else. Okay. Uh, but if it is a scroll, you have the arcane, primal, and divine spell lists at your disposal. So with a brief moment between the two of you, the only one you don't have is a cult, and none of these are occult-specific, uh, you would be able to identify these as... Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Whoever is... I gotcha. Whoever wants to write these down well, real quick, like... We do have to roll. It is you know, it's auto success. No, oh. if it's on the list... Yeah, if it's on your list, it. it's an automatic oh. success. Oh. Yeah, you you can... You understand... Uh, basically, read magic's not a spell anymore. It's a thing that you know is part of your ability to cast magic. It's or like, I it's guess okay. I speak jive. Are born with, if you... <laughs> If you're a sorcerer, you just inherit intrinsic knowledge in your blood. You have a scroll of acid arrow. Okay. A scroll of false life. A scroll of obscuring mist. And a scroll of touch of idiocy. Are any of those mine? Uh, I believe false life is divine. Obscuring mist, I think, is divine. I hadn't seen them on my list. So. Uh, I think these actually might all be arcane. arcane. They have, might all be arcane. I think I have, all four of these are arcane. I actually. have false life. Um, I don't have any of the other three, but I can make rolls. Well, but you don't. You don't have them. They're on your. They're arcane spells. Right, but I'm a sorcerer. I they're don't, not in her repertoire. They're not. But in they my don't repertoire. have to be in your repertoire. Oh. Um, that, that's what I'm saying. Let's go. That's why I said like spells? it's, it's kind of yeah. They're common spells. Okay, got that it. Are part of your uh, part of your tradition. Tradition. Get it? Okay. So I heard money, 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 and money. Well, money, 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 useful. No, no, I heard money, money, <laughs> money, and money. So you do persistent uh, acid damage. You do yeah. dig these up as you are working through here. And I believe these are all second level spells? Uh, yeah. The Acid Arrow is, I believe. The Acid Arrow is, Touch False of Life, life is. is. Touch of Idiocy. Touch of Idiocy is. Probably is. I think Obscuring Mist is first level. Uh, so the second level spells are worth 12 gold pieces a piece. Well, it's actually 36 gold pieces in scrolls and uh, four gold pieces for the Obscuring Mist scroll. Nice. But that's their value. You get half when you sell them. Believe your sayings. Well, I was Touch able to make the equivalent gold. of two of those scrolls by sitting <laughs> down at a table False cash. for a couple hours. I was just going to say money life. I would say Squid's not going to let us do that again. Otherwise, why are we adventurers? <laughs> I but, would like to hold on to at least one of those, though. They who is useful. going to buy these in Rachel? Bosses. Sal. Yeah, Sal comes back. We have rollable hey, swords. Magic swords. Rollable swords. There we go. Oh, I heard of these. You get these over from Druma and Cheliax. Well, they have those as incantations, and they roll them up in the uh, and they're just the uh, portable casting swords. Yeah, I know these. Um, I guess I'll hang on to them for the moment. Oh, did you want to have some just in case you know we got desperate and we need to cast something? I mean, for the time being, it would be good to have you hold on to all four of them, just in case. Yeah. So, this, I suppose, perhaps answers what Vaz was doing in the crypts. If she was seeking the same thing that my order was originally, and this lament breached and may have been, 
Perhaps she thought she could glean this knowledge by speaking with the dead. Uh, we still are unclear on what purpose, but... Well, maybe she didn't realize that the Order had left such thorough guardianship of the of your sanctuary, as it were, and she believed that she could get a history of why they were there out of them, not realizing that there would be security involved. What about, and he walks out there and just gestures towards the uh, torn up little study, what about this? This was the room she went through all the efforts of putting these spikes, this trap in the doorframe. Surely something in here is of value, of, of interest, or can at least tell us somewhat of her motives. Well, there's an awful lot of mess in there. Perhaps if we all worked together, we might be able to go find something. Well, at the moment, we have an awful lot of time. I also have a theory about that. So Time? We, well, yes, that, but we'll talk about that later. Um, she had a person in here with her, Calmont, who was helping her do things. He betrayed her. He clearly was not working with her, but perhaps he read some of her research and had no clue what it meant. And so he made some very basic but false assumptions. He did not seem the brightest sword, no. Mm. No, but if she was worried that he would come back and perhaps try again, it's possible that this trap was not intended for us, but for him. Well, I believe this trap was intended for... Whoever Anyone. opens this door without permission. The spikes were on the top half of the doorframe as well. It's uh, indiscriminate. It's clearly meant to protect. But I... But let's go through the room. Yes. Thoroughly. Dig through this. So, uh, who wants to dig through the study and try to find something? Resume? Esvis? I, I, I could try again if you'll let me. I mean, yeah, you can spend time. You made perception check to basically look around as an action. That was, okay. you, made, you took a seek action. You can spend well, time. I'm pulling you over to the side because you still have some blood trickling down your body. I'm practically patched up, but... I am Let's... pulling you to the side because there is still blood trickling down your body. That's mostly laundry detergent that I need, but it's so there's only There's only so much space in this little study. Tyrannus will poke around the front of the shop a bit more, sure. looking behind something, trying to find things. Let's grid useful. this out so that we know what parts everyone is working in and we're organized about this. How about you, Buford? Uh, I will just be hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the door frame. I mean, yeah, you can't read. What are you going to do here? Like, Isn't the doorway. All about that one. <laughs> is this the equivalent of, like, the kid watching the dad work on the car? You know, you're just like... Hold the flashlight. No, yeah. this is the equivalent of what you would have been doing in the session. You're on the lantern. Hold the lantern. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, with uh, 10 minutes, Dalren gets pulled out of this, and Espus and Resme are looking through the room as Roars when they tend to your wounds. Are you an expert in medicine now? Yes. So every time you make a medicine check, you have to decide if you're trying to do a trained or an expert. I'm doing check. a trained. Okay, yeah. But it is a, it is a thing you have to pick, because they have different yeah. diseases and different outcomes. Because you can do, give them a simple treatment, or you can try to use more complicated, um, more difficult means to really heal them, to treat them better. But it is harder to do. Pretty sure I just crit. That's a 25. 25 doesn't back crit, so you get the 48 anyway. So Yeah, so you need to roll at least four. <laughs> I need to roll at least a four. You got to get a four on 48. You I think, think you can do it? it? Hold on. Do I have four of them? I don't. Now I do. 
Yeah, this man next to you has like nine sets of dice in front of him. I actually rolled two ones. Hey, but, uh, perfect. Yeah, that's, if the uh, other two are also ones, I'm a, back to full. That's so a 12. Oh, perfect. I'm good. <laughs> Doran's patched up over the course of ten minutes. And in that time, uh, Buddy holding the lantern here, Esphis and Resme looking through the study, you've dug through uh, a lot of what's there but it's just such a mess and there's a lot here uh, even just on the tables heaped up and scattered throughout a couple of drawers too you may be halfway dug through the room uh, but if Resme and, and Espos want to make a perception check for his first 10 minutes perhaps you have happened upon something useful uh, 15 23 well, the 23 Espos Will have uh, turned up one thing tucked away in a corner of the desk, uh, written in a very rushed hand. Aha! Uh-huh. An entrance to Alceta's ring, the Guardian's Way. Resume. Yes? Immedi- and Esther just immediately hands you the, hands you the paper. Hmm. Um, with Alcedon lore, would I, would that specifically mean anything to me? Uh- Guardian's Way does not have any significance in Alcedon religion or doctrine, but uh, Buford. What about Lord Mitchell? I got a lot of writing. What? What? Yes. (laughs) For an illiterate man over there. (laughs) Buford, I know your family did suffer from the somewhat recent Goblin Blood Wars. You were probably, I don't know how old Buford is, but... Probably like eight. So you wouldn't have fought in them yourselves. Uh, but I thought you were saying Buford's eight years old right now for a second. Oh, mentally. <laughs> <laughs> it's very oh, sad. Yeah, he was born on a leap on a leap day, yeah. and you have lore. Oh, it was only twenty eight years ago. Yeah, you have or lore... It was only twenty years ago, and I was eight yeah. years old. Probably. You have, like, you have lore goblins or something from your. Uh, no. Bring your... Oh no, you, we, we, that was what we were looking at. You have lore yeah. farming because yeah. we ended up going to the farmer. Um, do you have society? Can you, you want to roll untrained society? <laughs> sure. I got a four. The total is four, also. (laughs) (laughs) So, weirdly, of the group of you in town, so none of the rest of you were born and raised in Breach Hill. I have lore Breach Hill because I've been studying here and trying to learn a whole lot about the town. Give me a lore Breach Hill check, then. The one time I'm going to get to roll this, people. Uh, Maybe useful in other situations. Uh, that's going to be a 16. So with a 16, it doesn't, Guardian's Way doesn't tickle your brain because of any connection with Alceta, but you know you've read about something, some reference to that in Breachel's history. Oddly, of the group, Buford is the other one who has some recollection, like the name Guardian's Way sounds familiar to you guardians but you can't place way, guardians way what? uh go back into the other room where the history of breach hill was does it have an index um it does not no um flip through it real quick just looking at headings and see if i can trigger my memory just by looking at sections of the book to see if i can get some sort of like category going in my head so as you flip through this it would, uh, nothing in this history would register for that. This goes, the, and this book is something that's been updated uh, in its current form by Joral Blacktusk in the archives uh, and by the provider of the archives before that and before that. It's kind of a running, living history of Breach Hill. But that takes time. 
And at the moment, it's currently being updated to detail all the events of the Goblin Blood Wars. You catch it there. You know it has some relation to the Goblin Blood Wars from 20 years ago. It was some kind of a military outpost or something. Okay, um... Does is anybody trained in society? Look at Dalren. You tried your breach, oh lord, for this. Clearly, plot is just not going to happen. We're just going to settle down and go race. <laughs> well, um... So I got a 17 in total, so I might get something. I don't know. Yeah, you may get something. Uh, with a 17, you would be able to, thinking about confirm <clears throat> that, because you have spent some time uh, reading up on Breach Hill and cataloging your own adventures, and, I mean, perhaps you have found the strange origins of the town somewhat fascinating as well. Uh, you would know that it was a military outpost that was used in the Goblin Blood Wars to try to uh, keep battle further away from Breach Hill. You know it's somewhere north of town in the mountains, but it's not on the main road. Mm. Uh, it was off somewhere to try to stem the tide of goblins flowing in almost from the borders of Druma. Oh, of course, of course. Um, the, the, the old military outpost back from the Goblin Blood Wars. Oh, thank you. That uh, was going to kill it's me. It's in the mountains somewhere, but... Uh, Oh, I'm, I'm sure Vaz must have a book on the on the wars. It, it's, it's, check the shelves in the main area. Buford. Uh, look, honestly, the bandages are fine. Um, Buford, when Darn, you were... I'm just, I'm just going to go look through the shelves to see if I can just find a, like, a, a book on the Goblin Blood Wars. Um, there would not be yet. The difficulty being that there's so little trade in Breach Hill and so little, honestly, literacy in Breach Hill. Yeah, no one wrote anything These updated very slowly. Uh, it's largely you and Joral Blackdusk huh. that do any amount of business trying to catalog or write up anything in the town's largely so, uneventful history. We'll either he's have to check to, with Jorel. Yeah, or he's we'll, still trying to catch up on the Goblin Blood Wars. Buford, when you were a child, did you play anywhere? Was there anything specific, any stories that your parents told you, maybe off past your farm, maybe a way where you and the other children would go and your parents told you not to go there or they told you a story about it and maybe it stuck in your mind? Well, there were many places I wasn't supposed to go as a kid. Anywhere outside the farm, probably, but... Um, um, oh, Baltus. Baltus Burton. He He's uh, old enough uh, by human standards oh, to have been cognizant enough to perhaps yes, remember where maybe. they are. Perhaps we could check with the, the town counselor. So at this point... Uh, it is getting close to sundown, and they probably wouldn't be available at the town hall today, uh, but that's something you could certainly follow up on. And uh, Tyrannus shrugs. Well, then, as I see, we have two different routes we could pursue here. I... This Vaz, I do not know her, but she seems to be thorough in her research. I... If there's something down in the crypt stills that may be useful to us, some things that may tell us more than whatever this Guardian's way is, but we could simply attempt to find this ring, but we still don't really know what it is or why anyone wants it. Oh. I, uh, perhaps biased, of course, think it would be best perhaps to rest on this for tonight. If Vaz had traveled out here and was seeking this thing, she'd had all the time that we spent, that you spent, rather, tuning up the pigs here at Tavern as headway. Today isn't going to set us back much now. 
Of course, uh, Vaz may very I well have retired out of reach. We may find more returning to the crypts. It's possible. Only concerned as to what may still lurk there. I'm sure we could handle it in any case, but uh, Vaz is. Uh, don't give her too much credit. Uh, her emotion and her bias seeps into her writings. Uh, it's the sign of a bad scholar. But still, there may be something useful there that we could find. There's also the possibility that there's more than one passage leading different places. There is, and I'd rather not talk about it. And Esmus is actually very not okay at the mention, especially at the mention of the mountains, and just gets up and starts to just like, like once once Tyrannus has mentioned like let's retire for the night, I'm like, great idea, and just immediately starting wait, to wait, go what, for what passage? Esmus, where are you going? Has, has he been inside the citadel? Previously? Did you find us? something? Nope, sure didn't. And he's just... Esmus, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's not. And I'm, <laughs> I'm opening the door and just out. Just... And Esmus just leaves. Yeah, it just leaves. Hmm. Runs right into the back of a town watchman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is odd. Very curious. Uh, struck a nerve, I suppose. That's your... Friends know something we do not, Thorin. Well, he's a local, so it's possible that something bad happened to him when he was a child up in those mountains. Well, it's also getting late. It's also quite possible he's simply tired. No. You've known... I've not known Esvis very long, but I don't think he cares one way or the other how late it is. That was a very emotional reaction. Honestly, with the time we have spent together, I have no... No barometer for what Esvis does and does not care about. It... <laughs> but he's so demonstrative. I is he? Is Are this... you calling my friend a monster? No, I'm saying that he has a very... It's deep, still waters, but there's definitely something beneath. Rosemary, I think you're being a bit of a romantic here. I, I, I haven't thing? noticed him twitch so much as a facial muscle. Uh, are you certain about this? Uh... Look, I am not an elf as a pair of you are, and I have spent very little time dealing with them. This past week has been more than the rest of my adult life combined, but if you can read him... You're also not a woman, which puts you at an automatic disadvantage. He could just be afraid of heights. He just like looks back and forth. Is Esfis a woman? <laughs> No, he's not a woman, but you know, men I never don't look at other men either. like that. Men don't think about what other men are thinking in their secret, deep, dark hearts. Believe me. I don't. took that entirely incorrectly. I I mean, I know that elves are more, and he just kind of gestures towards Dalren. Uh. Wiry? Live? Yes. Elegant? We'll go with those words. Intelligent? Brave? I think he says I look like a... I, I, I look fairly feminine, I suppose. Well, you are... I do have spindly scholar fingers. I am fairly feminine. Is it possible that I might... Of course I am. Look, what if we simply retire for now, and but, but we, we make just our started way up this adventure back anything. to the pig's ear, and back to the crypts tomorrow morning? 
Okay. It's See much more convenient to go that way than it is to hike all the way around the mountain. And besides, we don't we, we don't even know if there's this Guardian's Way is, other than north of town in the mountains. That is hundreds of square miles. Well, there'd definitely be more research we would have to do before we could figure out where that would mm, be. I'm not particularly sure I want to talk to Baldus Burton about this yet. He's a canny old man, and I really don't want to bring this up to him because he's going to ask us why we want to know. Vez and Ro, you... And live in the archives, don't you? If I don't do that, tell ask him? your orc friend. I can certainly try. Not ready to talk about a fairy tale until I know it's real. Well, I'll do a little bit of research in the morning, and uh, before we meet up, I should be able to have at least a rough answer. And I have certainly had enough of dusty tomes and esoteric knowledge for one evening. And we can get breakfast tomorrow before we leave. Oh. Fantastic. I will be heading back to Azipas' Grace. Find me there tomorrow and be already. Okay. And uh, with a nod, resume, buddy, daughter in. Brewer, hopefully you can find something. Evening to all of you, son. Who wants to Takes accompany me? Albert back from where he leaned up against the wall. And Who wants to accompany me back to my quarters? Out, outside of town, I suppose? Well, yes, I don't want to go alone. It's creepy out there. That's a good point. The sun is still up. It's like setting, but not... It doesn't mean it's still not up. creepy. <laughs> it just means it's not dark. Eh. Well, Buford, you have to head out of town, right? Well, where do you live again? I'm on the way. You're on the way out to my, my little slice of heaven? You're over on the northwest side of town, next where that uh, big uh, slope is? Uh, right outside the wall. Uh, a little bit into the forest, but not far. Okay, well, yeah, sure. You can tag along. Thanks. So unless there's anything further that the four of you that are still here want with the Reliant Book Company, <clears throat> I suppose that then leads us to everyone returning home for the evening. To the next uh, one. I would, um, on the way back, oh, swing by. Before we go, we should try to make sure that we're back in town uh, to uh, meet up. I got an invitation to an event. All right. Tomorrow's uh, King Kellyan's Day, ain't it? It wouldn't do to... Uh, Who? Oh, you know, the most important, you know... Are you trained in religion? No. Oh, okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's that kind of... I had you pegged this person who knew things. Fair enough. <laughs> I know important wow. things. <laughs> How long have you been at Breach Hill? Mm, I don't know, about eight months. I feel like it would be fairly difficult to not have <clears> at least <throat> like heard that name. Because Caden Killian's probably the he's primary the prominent, deity in yeah. Breach Hill. Yeah, okay, like, if, the, if she heard of him, the, that's fine. It's you just may not know the specifics, but like if you've lived for any amount of time in Breach Hill, he is the main religion. Oh, so, okay. I had no clue that that was the case. I yeah. just thought he was, was like, like one be, of the smaller gods that she would, would pay absolutely very no isolated to. to uh, no, Caden's like a major pantheon deity. Okay. Should he mind. be? Different question. But he is, though. <laughs> when you, he just kind of stumbled into it. When you he embody, quite literally stumbled into it. When you embody what the general populace loves, you get a lot of do worship. You, do you know Caden Kalian's... Are you trained in religion? Uh, I don't think he is actually. No, is, I'm bad at it. Is anybody trained in religion? I mean, I know his story. Like, is as anybody a trained like, in yeah. religion? <laughs> it's like I'm trained in religion. Shut, not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trained in religion. Like you, you three would know, like without any kind of a check, like the origin story of Caden Killian. First of all, Galarian lore. There is a thing called the Starstone. Uh, it's, I know about that one. Yeah, it's in a chapel at the center of Absalom. Theoretically, if you touch it, 
you uh, you become a god. You literally ascend to deific status immediately. Um, there's a big thing around it called the Test of the Starstone that is attempting people who, who try to get in there and touch this thing to become a god. Uh, I believe three people have done that so far. Norgorber, who is the god of information and assassination. Definitely hmm. know who that is. He is uh, not a super nice dude, and he was the leader of a pretty major assassin's guild in life, and that's about 100% of what's known about his human life. But he went through with his incredible skill and knowledge, made it to the Starstone, ascended to godhood, first act as deity, went to the leader of his rival assassin's guild, murdered him, and raised him as his herald. Classic move. It's like, and you're mine. That's some Bruce Almighty nonsense right there. <laughs> That's pretty Bruce Almighty nonsense. Uh, the second was Iomadai, who was already Aridin's primary herald. She is like was one of the leader, the head paladins of the Shining Crusade way back in the day when the demons were pouring forth through the world wound. And with Aridin's fall, she, I don't know if it was before or after when she actually took the test of the Starstone. But through her purity and her holy fervor, she made it through and became basically the stand-in for Aridin after his fall, became the goddess of righteousness and crusades and justice. Came Kalian. Got really drunk one day. <laughs> Stumbled <laughs> and through. And his buddy, they were getting increasingly ridiculous bets. His buddy bet, bet him, him blackout drunk. He wouldn't try to go in there and touch the Starstone. Kane's like, boy, <laughs> hold my ale. I'll be back. Completely blackout drunk. Stumbled into the chapel and came out. A god, still blackout drunk, <laughs> who went back to the tavern with his drinking buddy, slammed his deific power on the table, did it, <laughs> but apparently I have to leave now. <laughs> now don't and descended up to become one of the primary pantheon deities of Galarian. Yeah, no, I, I don't actual forget. origin story. I, I actually read the, the, the gods and mm-hmm. omens and stuff book, but I just didn't know with Resme who would know who they are. Now, I mean, you would know forget. who you wouldn't know that backstory, but you would know like he is that's drunken he's the accidental god. Yeah. Is his okay, title. got it. Is... <laughs> you don't have to take the test of the star stone to ascend to godhood. There's one other individual. Nethys also exists, who just apparently learned the 11th level spell, I'm a god now, cast it and is a god now. But uh, yeah, origin of deities in Galarian is a fascinating (laughs) subject. Most of them are gods. A few of them are weird cases. The point is, you would at least have heard of Caden Kalian. So the alcohol guy. No one's talking about Razmir. Huh? The alcohol guy, yes. He's the drunk god. Drunk god, the accidental god. Whatever you want to call him. He is the primary deity of worship in Breachill. Because of, because, of course, he is. Tomorrow's his holiday? Yes, indeed. It's a big, uh, it's a big deal in town. And uh, I happen to receive a personal invitation. Uh, also, possibly a flyer. I'm not sure how you would really describe it's it. It's not like but someone, to you. It definitely looks like it was just slid under doors. But someone did put a lot of effort into drawing this. This isn't a print or anything. I think oh, they even pretty. have a press out here. Yeah. Of course. So, looking over this, 
as the group of you uh, return back home and the three of you leave the Reliant uh, Boat Company. I would stop by with Resme. Um, I would be walking by on the on the way home. I would stop by one of my friends who is uh, part of the guard, <coughs> uh, Gilrend, a guy that is uh, having just one of my friends that is or a guy that has Gilrend's a different fine. name. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, who is happens to be a guard that I know that I know way back. We grew up kind of together. And I'd uh, walk up to him and be like, "Well, I just want to give you a heads up. You know, we're uh, we just left uh, Vaz's house. You know, these elven folk friends of Vaz." Is and everyone with you while you go to him? Or is this? No, I mean, at least Resme is because you're walking around. But yeah. it's after you walk around. No, it's just Resme. Well, because we haven't left town yet. Right. Um, just you know, keep an eye out. You know, we uh, we don't really know anything for certain, but you know, we always have each other's back and. Just I thought I'd let you know to uh, that that Vals may be a person of interest. Uh, Vals, I I heard Vals closed her shop up and left town some days ago. Oh, she is, she is, and I don't think it'll be a problem. She, I, I, I didn't get any bad vibes from her. She seemed like an okay. We well, all just came back from, buddy. We all just came back from Vals's closed bookshop. Actually, we've been drinking a little. Have you been drinking? No, buddy. You've been drinking. I've been walking around this town and, with uh, you for the past just half an last, hour. No, no, just, it's funny is all. I never... I kind of thought that was a thing you grew out of at a certain point. Just just busting in and poke around and see what's going on. You know, well, well when you settled down with your wife and all. We didn't, I didn't go busting in there. It what do you wasn't think? I'm some kind sure of kid. It sure was an accident. Buddy. Oh, sh- Gosh, that's heavier than I thought it was. Why did you let me drink whatever it is you let me drink? Buddy, I, what I is it you were drinking? As what? as a member of Breach Hills Town Guard, I advise you it is in your best interest to uh, inform me no further on your night's adventures, okay? And uh, you just take this little lady. Well, she still seemed to is. be a lot more tipsy than I previously remember, so uh. I guess we'll just be moving back. But, you know, we're and good as old friends. friends. Your wife ain't gonna hear none of this. <laughs> well, that's awful kind of you, because... Well, we'll just keep moving along here. Thank you much. But, it just kind of gets a little closer. Boz and this girl. Elves? We're better in twos. <laughs> well, I ain't asking. I ain't asking. <laughs> well, Look, buddy, I'm sure you got You seem to got right important business to be tending to tonight. Two it's elves a- make a human in the south. <laughs> and uh, it's been an odd day, actually. They honestly, don't seem to be too great on holding their ale, so I'll uh, leave you to it. A lot worse than I had previously thought. <laughs> and um, I can't hold anything right now. Why would I want to hold it? I've drank it. I'm just laughing. Elven reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Develop further developing whatever elven stereotypes we shall may have. <laughs> he guards, chuckling, puts his hands up. I don't know this. They're fun at parties. Makes his way off back to the night, do whatever it is he has to do. After we've gotten far away, let's not go telling any, just everyone that we're f- committing crimes in town. We ain't committing no crimes. I don't. Have you committed any crimes recently? What have you been drinking, by the way? Because I haven't seen any kind of flask. It's invisible. You got an invisible <laughs> flask? 
Of course, oh, that's man. why you've never seen it. Well, what's in it? Alien would be proud. Look, if you can't see it, then you haven't earned the right to know. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Huh. I didn't know you could do that kind of magic. I mean, gosh, that would really help that, uh... Suki. Suki? Zuri. Zuri. Suki. Zuri. Suki. <laughs> <laughs> He's a different person. He's not that fun related. Notice me, buddy Chan. <laughs> <laughs> oh... I think he goes by Archie in now, but, uh... So, um, uh, thank you for walking me back, and, uh, oh, this is for your wife. Um, you know the feathers we found? Um, I made them into that necklace you pr I promised you. With one of my chains. Ah, uh, I'm sure she'll find that really interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure she loves walking around in, uh, peacock feathers. It, just tell her it's from you, and you picked it up on your adventures because they match, it matches the beautiful color of her eyes. Say exactly that and nothing else. Okay, yes. Eyes, peacock feathers. We're good to go. Have a good night, buddy. Oh, by the way, can I see your horse? No. Not right now. <sighs> it's invisible, too, for the moment, but when it's light out, you can see her. I knew it wasn't a normal horse. I knew it. See? You see this? This you, is why... This, you, know? you are an incredible judge of, of human nature. I'm a sharp man sometimes. <laughs> you are. Okay, well, good night. I'll, good night. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to tell my wife about these uh, feathers here. Okay. So Resme, home, Espis, and Dalren, Tyrannus making their ways home. Blissfully unaware. Sure. <laughs> As you return back to the archives here, uh, Jorah Blacktusk, the half-orc proprietor, one of the only half-orcs in town, actually, uh, gives you room and board for you helping him out with uh, whatever odd jobs it is you do around here. Help him keep the place tidy, uh, basically being a scribe and secretary. As you arrive back to the archives, duties. Black Tusk is just organizing a, uh, a shelf, looking through some things, and pulling out a, a book and reading through it. He sees you right there. Oh, <laughs> barely seen it. You are a tale of you for days. This whole... You're really serious about this call for heroes thing. Yeah, I'm not about to let people go off on <clears throat> adventures without being properly cared for. No, no, I've heard. I've heard what happened with Kalmont and what happened again with Kalmont and... What, are you some kind of bounty hunter now I'm trying to track him? No, uh, as far as I'm aware, he's no longer our problem to deal with. I was told by the, uh, the council that they'll take care of him. Well, very well then. Good news, everything's been tended to fair enough, but just curiosity's sake. The pig's ear? Really? And he, he just kind of points to your, your holy symbol. It, it seems the last tavern you'd be interested in. Oh, I'm not particularly interested in any taverns, but when you need information, sometimes you have to help people out that you don't necessarily like. <laughs> you, alright. Just glazing over that somehow anyone in the pigs here could conceivably have information that's of interest to you. Just glazing over that one entirely. Only you, Rur, would show up to a place like that and think legitimately helping them out. <laughs> well, I got the information I needed. I swear you need a chaperone around town. Probably. That would... Technically, I have one. Dalren's been running around with me. 
Look, there's tea in the other room. Probably not entirely cold if you're looking for a drink before you retire for the evening. Yeah, that would be lovely. Uh, do you happen to know anything about the phrase, the Guardian's Way? The phrase? I'd, I know the Guardian's I'd... Way, the place. The outpost. Yes, I, I guess. Um, do you know anything about it? Like where it might be, what it is? And uh, he'd close the book he has and shelve it again and then motion for you to follow him back into the study uh, where he is currently working on iterating upon the log of Breach Hill here and the Breach Hill Outpost of Liberty as it is uh, it's one of the military outposts around from the Goblin Blood Wars uh, for why? I haven't heard anything about it in decades really but I odd that it turns up for you around the same time that it's what I'm working on annotating our books well, it just so happens to be directly tied into Fort Altarius. That is how you say that, right? Altarian. Altarian. I... Well, not in any way that I've uncovered. It was just a military outpost that they'd set up in the woods. Uh, about maybe six miles northeast of town. It's, it's miles past the Citadel. Uh, further out the bluffs. And... Uh, Stemming the tide of goblins that were flowing out of the caves nearby up in the hills, trying to keep them at their source and not let them just rampage down into the town of Bridgehill proper. Didn't do fantastically, but what connection could it have with Altarian? Well, that's what we're looking to find out. Part of the, the fortress has collapsed, unfortunately, making it impossible to check in the, the lower sections. But... Collapse? It's... It's scarcely been abandoned a decade, brother. How's it in such disrepair it's collapsing? Uh, damage. It was directly damaged by a creature. That was part of why we had to go up there. But apparently, there's some kind of pathway or linkage between the lower sections and the Guardian's Way. Huh. That's odd. I know... Well... Guardian's Way was connected as a cave network not far by. Uh, part of the Goblin Blood Caves, you know, where they'd all been flowing out from in the first place. But, I, I guess there's not a ton I know about the Citadel, really. All the facets of Breach Hill, Altarian and Hell Knight's Hill, I know the least about, certainly. And, I suppose it's possible the caves loop back through. They'd have to be quite extensive, but... We never really fully charted out where the goblins had been living in the aftermath. But, again, I have to ask why, brother. Well, we need to get to the deeper sections because there's still, I believe, a few individuals trapped down there. So we're trying to get to them as quick as we can before the worst happens. And so with some amount of, uh, of your evening, uh, you kind of indulge... Black Tusk's <clears throat> curiosity to some extent because he's just still mind-blown that Rur freaking Ashblown yep. <laughs> Serenite Midget of occasional magic and mostly shelving is out doing big hero things in the wilderness, but he is able to pinpoint for you exactly where Guardian's Way is. Fantastic. Uh, so you'd be able to easily <clears throat> find it. As well as informing you that it's not a terribly large outpost. It was set up in a wooded, uh, wooded enclave kind of near some bluffs where a lot of the goblins have poured forth from. 
and it's it's not much. It was really a single wooden building, uh, a single barrack where some guards have been stationed. Because, I mean, Breach Hill's not large. Even when we had to fight to defend the town, there was only so many people and there's only so many supplies. They managed a single-story shack more than a barrack and a couple of outposts up in the trees around uh, to be roosts for archers to hold back when the goblins came for us from the bluffs. But it's scarcely more than a campsite, really, in the grand scheme of things. But interesting, the campsite that you can now find. So, with that, everyone rests for the evening. Do you attempt to present your wife with this beautiful peacock necklace, you buddy? Yeah, I do. I do. I I hand it to her, and I, you know I'm supposed to give this to you because I your eyes look like a bird, is what I, I was. You're, you're at... Well, it's on a silver chain, so there's that. So it's just, it's the feathers from these uh, these weird peacocks. And I've threaded it um, through my silver chain, so it kind of, when she puts it on, it will just look very ornate, kind of like she's wearing um, plumage. All right. So you, you hand it over to your wife, and she takes it, just kind of just holds it, looking at it, skeptical as you're trying to explain whatever it is that you're trying to explain here. Buford, what in the nine hells is this? Well, I don't know. I was supposed to tell you your eyes look like a bird and hand you this necklace, and then... Supposed to from what? Boy, you've been out without much more than a word for days, and you come back with a, a chain and some feathers? I mean, if you're going to be happier, I also have four gold. Well, at least you've been doing something right, and she just kind of <laughs> tosses it onto a, onto a table. <laughs> Why do I try? And a big old suit of armor. <laughs> oh, and I also I mean, got, look at this. Dude, you've had this. that for a couple days now. Oh, that's true, that's true. Yeah, that's that's not brand new. Yeah, that's true. She's seen that, so you get a home in a small plate. Oh. A four gold piece has got to be, what, half of what you spent on that ridiculous suit of armor? I didn't spend any money on the suit of armor. Oh, so you just kind of happened to pawn into no, a good traitor in the goodness of his heart hand this out to you? Well, no, someone else spent with gold on his armor. I just happen to have it on me right now. But don't worry, I've got I've got it all covered. You know, I'm I'm trying to get better by this money business, so I brought back this four gold. I she have is, it right here. She is pleased to see the four gold, at least. Um, Maybe feather, not you. <laughs> peacock necklace, whatever. The husband in weird armor with a bubble hat, whatever. Happy you're making some money out there. You're doing something. Four gold pieces is a lot of money. And so a lot of gold. whatever it is you're doing, well, questions notwithstanding. Well, you know an adventuring type scenario. You get up to do a lot of weird business. But the next morning, uh, you would all awaken nice and refreshed and ready for another day of adventure. Of some kind of adventure. Another day at the Citadel. Another day in the eternal pit. That is the basements <laughs> of Citadel Altair. Our favorite place. Gotta love it. So, oopsies, I come back there a little bit. This is why we can't have nice things. Is there any any sort of preparations or anything that anyone wants? Are you going to head over to Caden's Keg in the morning? Uh, was the 
So I thought it was like an evening an kind evening, of festival. Yeah. Thing. I said the day. The whole day is merry me. If you yeah, think, yeah, like we're not gonna. Sp- if we go yeah. there early, we're not we're gonna be much conditioned to go and actually go adventuring. So Why well, not? it's not the pig's ear where they have ale, pickle juice, and occasionally some day-old meat or bread they've scrounged up from somewhere else to f- serve up for an evening meal. Cadence Keg is a fairly nice place. Uh, it's well maintained and it's very well kept. Uh, by the church who runs all of that, uh, by the uh, the cleric who runs the church slash bar, because it is a statue to her god. They have morning things. They have meals. They have coffee. They have teas. Uh, though it is traditionally a little bit more spiced, perhaps. Mm. By than coffee, a standard do coffee. you mean a dark dwarven stout? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Because, again, Breachel doesn't have a lot of trades, so, like, you don't have proper coffee beans. Is this, like, a Kalian coffee? Yes. So going there in the morning, perhaps not a great idea. Yeah, that's my thoughts. So you all... How much does an expanded healing kit cost? Because uh... I tried looking it up in the book, and I couldn't find it. I think it's, like, a ton. It's like 50 gold or something. It's like It is actually duper. a lot. Let me look. It is a bunch. I can find this real quick. It literally just it says is, lots. It is, in fact, 50 gold. Yeah. It is 50 gold. They are not cheap. So uh, if you wanted to acquire one of those... You need that's, the bones. That's a pretty decent investiture. It is more than a lesser potency run. It's almost twice as much as a lesser potency run. Yeah, actually. we don't have it in the common stash. But how much do we have? In the common stash, yeah. uh, we've got 38. I've got nine. So 47. Well, I mean, like, all of us could probably yeah. pull together. You could pull together 100% to it, of your resources to get expanded healer stools, uh, which would give you a it. plus one item bonus to medicine checks. It's something I want. I was just curious. Yeah, it's definitely nice, but I think it is a little possibly beyond the current means of everyone. So you all gather together, stop by the Wizard's Grace at some point to pick up Tyrannus, and then head back around to the Pig's Ear to make your way back underground to the crypts underneath Citadel Altarian. Are there any alchemical components in town that we could just buy? Absolutely. Yeah, no, there, there is a general store. Quarters and bits has got all sorts of different things. And uh, also, Wizard's Grace itself... The proprietor is a caster and has both magical and alchemical components and tinctures uh, for simple things that she sells. So Wizard's Grace is by far the most stocked of the town's taverns. Well, Cadence Keg is the most popular because it is, you know, Cadence Keg and all about the alcohol. Wizard's Grace is a lot more variety of things. Uh, you could absolutely get some alchemical uh, components from Miss Goose before you head over if you want. A couple of acid flasks. Yeah, she's got those as well. Or various reasons <laughs> doesn't ask a ton of questions so as you all head to the pig's ear armed and ready make your way downstairs and journey the mile back through that long singular tunnel to everyone's favorite place <laughs> that's probably a decent time for a midstream break i figure yeah and we can... we're back in this place you guys Thought you were allowed to ever escape, <laughs> ever, ever leave Citadel Altarian's basements like there are other things in the Age of Ashes. We have returned to the inevitable depths beneath Citadel Altarian here. We have returned 
back down from once we had finally left to continue exploring. There was a lot we had left unturned here, as in our first pass we had not really went out of our way to search more of this once we realized that it was you know, packed with undead. Also, we had found this ritual and had tried to follow up this necromancer, but I mean, now it's been it's been a week since any of that. So whatever head start Vaz may have to whatever it is Vaz wants isn't going to get any worse from a day or an afternoon of trying to see if there are further answers to be found here, back at Hell Knight Hill. So as the group of you arrive... Uh, back through this tunnel through the Pig's Ear Tavern, which of course Zuri is more than happy to just let you use whenever you want now. That's 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 yours. <laughs> you go nuts. You come back into this storage room, this last area here where they had had the various regalia of the Order of the Nail uh, and the Asmodian paraphernalia and everything. We found the entrance to the tunnel originally. So as we begin to explore the crypts, we're going to head into exploration mode here. Recalling knowledge. I'll be thinking about it. Asphys. Scouting. Resume. DM. Detect magic. Uh, I'll be uh, searching. And putting the shield up. So each of you, with your various various tasks prepared, heading together back through these eternal undercrofts, not taking the 17 that denotes that room with you. There we go. So as you arrive back into the room where you'd originally found Vaz's necromancy, it's been a week, and nothing seems to have changed save for some more dust has fallen on all of this. Uh, Just this old, decrepit, musty air in the depths of the catacombs seems to have at this point largely hidden the tracks of Vaz when she'd walked through here as she had been only a couple of days behind her upon her first visit, but now these burnt-out candles, they burnt-out candles that have dried out and even begun crumbling, as there's just, like, there's zero moisture down here. It's just ancient, dry, stale crypt air. Now, of course, you know, this first door on the western wall leads back into that long hallway with all of the tombs in the center of the floor, mm-hmm. the gravestones doubling as flagstones, where you'd fought the Hell Knight commanders and their skeletal army. The southern door leads somewhere, possibly looping back around to that sepulcher, which Tyrannus and I think Resme had briefly poked their heads just looking into, but had not actually entered, mm-hmm. as yeah. it's on the southern side here, but you haven't been through this door at all. Well, I guess we'd better head that way. And you'd notice Buford is exceptionally cheerful today. Through the echoing? Through the echoing, you can tell. He's <laughs> exceptionally cheerful. Puts his visor down, kathunk, and just an echoing, metallic Buford voice. It's like ringing a bell. So, go ahead and arrange yourselves here before this southern door, however you see fit. I can't actually see. Is it right here? It is right here. Okie dokie. Well, I am assuming, Dute. Beuge. Dute. 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 We have quite the party. That that works. We're making the line, making the squad here as everyone lines up ready for action. I'm assuming that's where everyone wants to be. Yeah, that's about it. That's where we usually do. Yeah. 
Seems about right. It's close enough. Straight line breaching formation. <laughs> Optimized for a lightning bolt coming through this door. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, if we were breaching a door... We'd, we'd have somebody here. We'd be someone yeah. would be here and stuff. But well, yeah. you this said is, a range yeah, going. I know this is, this is actually just Joe, yeah. and it largely works out because as you open this door into the that's darkness the beyond, joke. it is in fact a very thin hallway. That's a great big hallway. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very long, narrow five foot corridor. The leads. Oh yeah, I, we throw up light where we would normally. Throw yeah, up that's, light. that's why you have you have okay. side here because I still uh, I haven't changed that. I, okay, I assume if you ever do want to change your configuration for light. Let me know. No, it's fine. Because it I don't actually change it very much. I just assume you have the same thing. So as the group of you come forward, this does look similar to the sepulcher that Tyrannus and Resume had poked their heads into previously. The uh, ossuary, rather. Right. Uh, where these these walls are filled with coffin-sized compartments of slits all up and down their length, stretching near floor to ceiling. Most of which are occupied by shroud-covered bodies. Uh, a couple of them empty. There are also several of these stone uh, counters spread throughout, these big slabs with an assortment of equally dried and crumbled bases of candles Hmm. dotted around through them uh, beneath and above where some of these bodies are interred. May I ask a quick meta question? Sure, I can give you a quick meta answer. Um, So I have false life up from this morning that is necromancy if i triggered it earlier and i come here with it up would that trigger something so you mean a meta question like a question your character wouldn't know the answer to yeah. but you're just hoping i'm going to tell you i am not you oh, don't know enough. the specifics got of the it okay words. <laughs> i, I didn't thought you meant a meta question like a mechanics question no you no. meant a meta question well i thought uh, that was a mechanics question but if it's something no, that's you, you don't specific. know the specifics got of it. these uh, these necromantic words you know that the tyrannus has told you that it was like a necromantic fight fire with fire that a necromancy magic necromancy magic in the crypts gotcha. would cause these bodies to animate and defend it uh, but as you enter here, you can see there are another, there there are some other things kind of spread throughout. There are an assortment of mementos spread throughout these candles here. And uh, many of the various nooks, even where the bodies rest, have some things left around behind hmm. that were left with the body in memory. <clears throat> and uh, Tyrannus, corroborate this as he enters. And we take care of our own. We take great pains to inter them with as much respect as we can. Many choose to leave behind some of their belongings. Not out of any misguided belief that the corpse can somehow bring it to some afterlife or anything, just as a show of respect. That's a beautiful tradition. Druids do the same thing. So... Just, I'll just start walking forward and walk through the room. Well, I guess we'll... Uh, I'm, Dawn is keeping an eye out, just looking for well, anything of interest, uh, anything that looks like it might be out of place or something that looks interesting, aside from just simple great goods. Door skewers. Door yeah, skewers yeah. would be a good one. Particularly, <laughs> yeah. And as do... cubes. Promises <laughs> we don't intend to keep. As you continue further into the room here, as a Buford and Doran kind of reach the, the middle of these long countertops, mm-hmm. uh, laden with a lot of just little trinkets, little carvings, tiny sculptures, works of art, uh, occasionally punctuated with 
bracelets, amulets, uh, some small pieces of jewelry along the southern wall. You can see that pieces of armor have been left. Uh, some of the Hell Knights' various suits. Uh, mostly their helmets have been left along with them. Uh, the southern wall near every one of these nooks is full, a much higher proportion than the rest of the room. And they have these small pieces of their battle gear left, uh, their raiments uh, ornamentally, much in the same way. But as you get to the center of this room, one of these helmets on the end of the counter nearest to you shudders. Ah. Probably not supposed to do that. Well, there um, could be rats in here, you know. I'll ready, uh, I'll, I'll ready the bow staff and uh, hmm, I'll reach out and try to whack it. Not so taking are, any chances. You are like ten feet away from this. <laughs> yeah, whap them. So, my 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 bow staff has reach. Yeah, you reach out and you just bap this helmet over. Uh, just you know, on the off chance there is like a rat or anything living in there. These are some ancient. I'm gonna scare the heck out of that rat for some time. And as you hit it, your staff clanks against the steel of the helmet, as if it was rooted onto the top of the counter where it's resting. Oh, didn't expect that. And it starts to glow, emanating a red energy as a faint mist starts to ooze out around it. And as you pull your staff back, the helmet starts to levitate, lifting up above the counter as you see more and more and more of these faint glowing eyes lighting up down the row as more of the helmets activate. might be my fault. That is definitely initiative check. I'm ready. With your plus ones. I am also ready. Oh yeah, keep in mind there is a scouting, so you have your plus ones. It's been a couple weeks since we did any combat. (laughs) It has been a minute. (laughs) So... Let me start off with Ruhr. 27. 27. You exclusive, I swear you exclusively roll like 19s and 20s for initiative. And That's a 17. For attacks. You, have a, you have plus 10 initiative? No, I have a 9. 27? Yeah. Scouting. Oh, scouting. Right, scouting. Uh, anyway, Espes. 17. 17. What he has is a wisdom score. Yeah, what Sorry. I have is a yeah, wisdom score. You're a wisdom caster. Resume. Uh, 24. And buddy. 23. Ooh. They were all so quick. Also, it wasn't so fast. I mean, it wasn't not like they sprung out of the darkness at you. You had a minute of this kind of developing. And I had a sort of feeling it might happen. Doran. Uh, 26. Everyone's so ready. Look at this. I mean, we, we were kind of prepared. We knew what we could potentially be running into. You guys have an actual ball. All right, so. Tyrannus. Hold on, a, a three. three. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't always placed in initiative, guys. No, but you're about to get a three on the die. Uh, let's see. So I've got. But you had a seventeen. I got a twenty-three. Twenty-three. S had the seventeen. Okay, so. Uh, two villain points right there. You get no. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I'm gonna do it this way. Very simplicity of not putting a bajillion initiative markers. We're gonna use the numbers to denote numbers. Ah, clever. Two of them go between Buddy and Esvis, and then the other three are on the end. So this does not denote two helmets, but five that have their initiative spread down the table here. I guess I should have rolled Tyrannus first, because Tyrannus might end up in the middle here. Natural one. Natural 20? Is that what you said? I'm Ooh. sorry. I'm sorry. Did you want Tyrannus to get a 27 on initiative? Because I, I Tyrannus did. got a 27 on initiative. He's tired of being bullied. I am a proud Papa Bear You guys right have made fun of him. For, <laughs> I like, love that man. Five sessions now, and he finally had baby's first good initiative check. I go ahead of him. You do. <laughs> Assert <laughs> dominance, Rur. <laughs> I go ahead of him, but I'm also going to wait now, Dan. So, here are an assortment. No, because I got things I can do now. Tiny, vaguely head-shaped things. Uh, I think I see can, where they are. You can just put on those. I'm going to assume there's another one, two more spots down sure that is. way. All right. Sure is another one, two more spots down that way. All right, Rur, you're up first. I am looking at the range of a spell. Okay, fantastic. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, probably a good idea to use the hallway to our advantage, and I'm going to fling out a sound burst. Well, they are very tiny helmets. Okay, it's just helmets. They are literally floating helmets. They're just, they're just barely getting up. Uh, and as, as you ready here, you can see the first of it rising, levitating off with this dark mist trailing behind you. It looks pretty ominous. And why don't you also give me a religion check because you were recalling knowledge. Secret check. Secret check. I almost rolled the dice. Secret check. I remember that because I don't. It's What's your religion nine. modifier? Plus nine? You've got no idea what animated Hell Knight helmets are. Roll this. it again. Ooh, halfling luck. Oh. Halfling luck. Is that re-roll? No, you just Once per day. So you, you pick it. Okay. I actually rolled the same thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a two and then a second two. I'm sorry. So uh, That happens. You. This is unlike anything you've really seen. Like, you you know, you're, you're aware you can animate objects. And you're aware, like, spirits and specters exist. But this somehow seems to be some kind of hybrid of the two, as if a, a malevolent spirit is interred within the helmet itself. This is something uh, near unique that you've certainly never heard of before, and you have no idea what they're capable of. But you can still spend an action to attempt to, like, rack your brain and recall knowledge normally. Um, these aren't, like, you have failed. It's just you, it takes an action to try. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slap Tyranitz on the thigh and be like... Get in there and go get him. And I'm going to... Hey, with this halberd on. Right! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try to think real hard for a second about what these are. And... Think. <laughs> think with your special brain. Go Winnie the Pooh. You said seven? Or nine? 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 Alright, yeah. so with a nine... Uh, as you really dig deep, though you may not recognize what the things actually are, you're pretty familiar with undead. And while you're relatively confident these things are undead of some kind, you can sort of notice some common themes between these inspectors and ghosts of the past. Fortunately, the spirit seems to be possessing the helmet itself. So they're not any kind of incorporeal. And uh, you can attack the helmet as well as you could anything. And they also don't look like they're particularly mobile, so they shouldn't be terribly hard to hit. 
that said, this glowing emanation from inside of the helmet almost certainly belies some kind of power. Uh, obviously, they're not. They, you don't feel like they're going to fly at you and ram into you. You're not sure what exactly they are going to do, but you are pretty sure that it would be at least helpful to not look directly into the helmets. You're, you could avert your gaze from whatever it is they're going to do. The, they appear to be possessed helmets. Don't look directly at them. Just smash them. And I'm going to blast the second one, the second from us, with uh, Disrupt Undead. Okay. And that's a that's not a hit. That's a yes to save, That's a right? save. Yeah. All right. What kind of save? Fort. Mm-hmm. I'll remember this someday. Fortitude? Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the two save? DC 19. Mm-hmm. He's going to fail. He's All a helmet. Right. 2d6 <laughs> plus charisma. D6. Uh, plus wisdom. 2d6. Oh, yeah. yeah. 2d6 plus wisdom. Where did my second d6 go? Can I borrow one? 11 damage. Alrighty. So as this uh, disruption, you, you see Rur cast this spell, and uh, the energy of the second helmet as it rises up kind of gets muted a bit, and the helmet staggers and sinks back down a little way before the metal of the plate helmet itself crumples in a little bit from the force of the spirit writhing. Is averting your gaze an action? Averting your gaze is an action. It gives okay. you plus two to your saving throw against uh, any visual effects. But that will bring us to Tyrannus. And Tyrannus will stride forward a little ahead here to follow up on that same helmet. It takes just a second to grit his teeth and steal himself before he brings his halberd down towards this rising thing. And he is going to hit it. Or 12 damage. And as he does, he just bashes it back down into the surface of the counter. Near cleaving the ancient thing in two. uh, Before swinging his halberd back around and aiming for the closest one. uh, Just attempting to swing again, sweeping towards the first. But... Uh, a halberd is fairly large and unwieldy, and as his first one rises up and starts to gain more of this mass, uh, his blade skates across the surface of the countertop underneath it. Uh, Doran. Okay, so uh, I, I'm noticing um, I, I'm noticing that uh, uh, Tyrannus's uh, slashing blow seemed to actually not really run too much resistance cutting through this helmet. Nope, seems fine. Okay, uh, so I'm going to drop okay, so the bow it's staff. a little ancient helmet, and he's bashing right through it. Perfect. So I'm going to drop the bow staff and ready my geese arm. Okay. Uh, and then he's going to take a powerful hit at that first one that's right in front of him. Uh, with the session reroll, hoping yeah. making <gasps> the hit a little bit better. It's time, combat. It's time to collect the session rerolls. That's the one you got in dice jail before we started. No, 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 no. That's the one that was doing well by me. Hey, that's very nice. Uh, that's a twenty-six. Twenty-six will crit. Woo! Again, they are fairly slow-moving helmets. Like they're small, but they're not very difficult to, to strike. Uh, that's gonna be what's nine-nine? Uh, Eighteen damage. And uh, with eighteen points of damage, you crunch this thing back down onto the stone. Uh, the sides of the plate helm fanning out 
as the thing is near flattened and it wobbles, canting to one side as it continues trying to rise. This glow now just emanating out from underneath it. Hmm. Okay then. Uh, well, I'll avert my gaze. <laughs> Resme. He does not look at the thing. Um, Resme uh, will. Um, can I see that? Is that about thirty feet away? The um, one closest to me. That's yeah. It's that's less than thirty. You definitely. Okay. Um, that's Re- like twenty. Uh, Resme um, will uh, grit her teeth um, and uh, shout out uh, an incantation, and she will also use uh, disrupt undead. Okay. And that is another fort save. DC 19. Uh, he's going to succeed. Half damage, but is better than zero. Uh, 14. Uh, so taking half of that with seven, after the blow that Dalren dealt it, is certainly still enough to put out the light as this thing clatters down to the floor. And then and it was actually the first two that rolled the good initiative, so uh, both of those two are down. And then <laughs> Resme will also revert her eyes. Look at the ground. Don't look at the thing. Conveniently, the two that we could see clearly were the, the, the two that rolled well. Uh, I am going to wait. I see these things going down, and I'm going to wait okay. to see how these skulls react. So that brings us to Espis. I will... Uh, this one's in, in low light, correct? I'm going to go here, you said? Yeah. Don't you have low light vision? Yes, I do. I just wanted to double check and make sure um, that these weren't in pitch black. The light, if you can see it, it's not in pitch black. The, the, the map has the light as far as, I can set the radius. So it is the radius of a light spell. Okay. So if it is more than 20 feet from you, from Dalren, because Dalren and yeah, Dalren's that's probably are, the only one you can't see. Okay. Yeah, Dalren's your nearest light source. So it's Dalren and Rur. You said more than 20 feet? Because yeah, it's half. Because it's 40 feet, 20 feet is where it goes to dim light. Then so, that, that's outside of 20 feet. Right there. Five, fifteen. Yeah, they're all in low light, yes. All the ones you can see are in low light. That's what I wanted to make sure. I was double checking. All, all right, so I will. Um, how they do? But if you have a low light vision, you ignore the penalties for uh, yes. dim light. So I will hunt prey. This one right here. The middle one? Yes. Okay. And I will hunt a shot to take two shots. And prepare the Gatling. Commence the Gatling. Commence the Gatling. So, first shot. Uh, 16. 16 will hit. And second shot. 21. 21 will also hit. So two arrows, one after the other, slam into this helmet. For nine points of damage. And uh, as one and then the other bounces off, each leaving their small dents in the plate helm knocking a little bit off kilter as it rises. I will also avert my gaze. You look down. <laughs> Everyone looks away from the spooky thing. God, I'm wearing um, pretty shoes. Did you want to... Yeah, question. Can I use a reaction if I have it? Because... You delayed, so you have had a turn, so you have your reaction. Okay, okay, yes. okay, 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 um, okay, okay. You have had a turn, you're just choosing to take it later, so you do have your reaction. Yeah. That is a good question. Good okay. question. So... All three of these helmets now will rise up further off from their uh, the counter they've been resting upon. Uh, the last of them flying up in here, kind of into sight. And as they rise from the stone, spooky, they trail behind them not just this black mist, 
about what appears to be the entirety of a spectral spine uncurling, hanging beneath the helmet uh, with small bits of bone where the ribs would have been attached before. And this mist and glow emanating around it, giving the indication of just a bit of the upper part of a torso beneath the head. But the only solid part of this, clearly, are the helmets themselves. And the first of them moves in, or just, just floats up, staying where it is, and then fires. That has to be slightly further forward. Yeah, this does need to be slightly further, because they're actually ignoring Tyrannus. So they are shooting the first at Buford. What is your AC? Uh, your 22. shield is still raised because you From, haven't yeah. actually had it. Yeah, so, so you 22. still have the pre-raise. Yeah. And it manifests what appears to be a tiny black nail that flits through the air with a hiss before it thuds into your shield with just a t- with the most minor little sound, just right into the edge of it. Uh, but if you look. After it's hit, there is nothing left there. Then it will fire again. Also missing. Before drifting in closer towards the group. The second of these floating helmets will also fire a nail towards Buddy. Whose shield is just catching him. (laughs) And he's only got one more shot because he has already moved. And you're going to block that one as well. You're just hiding behind this. A literal, a literal hail of these spectral tiny black nails are just darting mm. into your shield. Do they, like, make any noise? Is it, like... Yeah, they're, just, they're regularly sized nails. That they're really small. And then so it's they, just tiny just... little hisses through the air before they just tink against the shield and are, huh. are gone. And the Neat. last one, flying up towards the group as well, is finally going to hit you with one of them. And uh, you block a fuse a lot of these nails, but one of them slips through, catching into your armor, and uh, as it does, you feel an overwhelming, stabbing pain rack through you. You take six damage from this tiny nail just darting through your armor, and I need a fortitude save. Okay. When you're the hammer of God, everything's a nail. Um, okay, fortitude, uh, that is 22. Uh, and with a 22, through this stabbing pain, you just kind of grit your teeth and hold firm, and you can feel this nail fade away, as all the previous ones had uh, once they were hitting against your shield. As he has hit you, this floating head, its gaze now focuses in on Buford. Uh, the red glow becoming a red pinpoint of Buford, becoming visible red eyes beneath the helmet. And I need you to make a will save. Mm. Okay. Okay. You say? Will save, you say? That is a 21. Well, the good news is you have fantastic saves. I do have fantastic With a 21, saves. you can feel a growing dread, like fear, welling up inside you, but Buford is not here to run away. Buford is not here to be scared. Buford's not here to back down when he got hit with one tiny little nail. You shake it off. So, then, buddy, that comes around to you. Assuming you want to step in. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I'll, uh, I'll, the one that hit me clearly is the most competent of all the skulls. <laughs> so I'm going to step over this one and I just, I have my hammer out and I'm just going to be like swatting this thing, just trying to bash it out of the sky or out of the air, I guess. Would yeah, be it's kind way. of floating about hey. five, six feet off the ground. Okay, so that is a 27. 27 crits. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Buford's coming in to bash. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, so. This is a D8. Yes. They are evil. My man, they're Hell Knight, and they're also undead. They're okay, so. Like the most guaranteed evil thing. 12, uh, 12, 16 times 2. 32. 32. So you do 16 on a hit? It's, oh no no no! It was it was one. I was like, so it's it's twelve. It's twelve. So I was like, there's no four. way you just hit for sixteen. So plus yeah, you four, just plus four. Die and then oh right. Everything. Okay. So yeah. So uh, what is that? Sixteen, twenty-two, uh, twenty. Twenty. Yes. So uh, as you stride forward up this one that struck the nail on you, as it as it its gaze bores through you, you walk up and with a single swing just smash it down onto the ground. Uh, the spectral spy in the mist dissipating and crumpling as the helmet punk. This is a lot like a, a skeeton if you're up close. Um, and then I will raise my shield again. All right. Brings us back around to Ruhr. I'm going to need to borrow that d6 again. So, I'm going to... I'm going to move forward across the room to the adjacent corner to make room for my allies to come in if they want to. Okay. And seeing the one that got plinked a couple times by Esvis, I'm going to call forth a sparkle of Saren Ray's blessing and cast Disrupt Undead once again. Give him the sparkle. Give him the old razzle-dazzle. He's going to fail. That's it. I don't think a floating helmet really for has a For almost max damage. That's 15. And uh, with that, this helmet too... Crumples in, loses its glow, and just collapses onto the ground inert, leaving only one left. Tyrannus is going to do his best. He took out one of them, but it's time to take the top of the leaderboard here. As he brings his halberd together, seeing how quickly these are just being dropped before the group of you. For one mighty blow, which is going to connect... He doesn't even, they're small enough, and they seem to be brittle and weak enough, he doesn't even really use the blade so much as he turns the halberd and uses it as a massive bat to just try to smash this helmet down into the ground. Also known as the haft. Not the haft, like the, the flat of the, the blade. Flat of the blade. Oh, the flat of the blade. He's using like a giant spatula. Like yeah, a mallet. he's fly swatting. Okay, so seven, eight, <laughs> eleven damage to that thing. And we're going to... Do it. Live the dream. Do it, T. Of managing after all that commitment, a follow-up hit. Not gonna happen. Oh. You could use a hero point. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Tried. Um, uh, I'm just gonna slide up uh, to take position on the other side of the counter here. To while uh, Tyrannus's blows have made it a little wobbly, uh, I'm gonna bring that geese arm up. Just try to slice it up from the bottom. And that's going to be a 27. 27's going to crit. That's a total of 14 damage. And uh, with 14 damage, as you smite the last of these possessed helmets, Dalrin, what do you do? 
Oh, um, it's uh, it, it's a it's a simple uh, sweep up. The underhook uh, catches it, uh, slams it into the into the ceiling of the crypt, and it, but all of the abuse it's taken from Tyrannus and this hit is too much for it. The helmet actually breaks from its brittle construction into parts and kind of falls down. King, 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 and the 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 mist just kind of he smashes it into the up. ground. It kind of bounces up, and you <laughs> smash it up into the ceiling. <laughs> I finished that hit for you. Don't worry. Got him. <laughs> But with that... Good hits, sir. Good hits. The crypt again <laughs> falls silent, and he kind of... Tyrannus kind of grimaces. <sighs> that all? What? What even are these? This is not... I guess they uh, put the better guards in the front room. No, I, I think I accidentally triggered them. Well, this is not something that... Vods would do. They... They would have raised those that were interred here directly. These possessed helmets are... This should not be here. Ooh, maybe, um, maybe Vaz, this is some of Vaz's necromancy. Maybe she raised them and uh, sent them here to slow us down. Oh, that's well, unlikely. She that's would... a lot of accusing over there, I'd say. She, did, she didn't. With all the non-standard things about this particular fortress, it wouldn't be surprised if these are just another non-standard feature that was included. Uh, Tyrannus, what are the station of the people interred here? These were the soldiers. Uh, not the highest ranking, but those that had served in a martial capacity, those that had fought for the Order of the Nail. Uh, these were not the clerics and the secretaries, but those who were out on the front line enacting the will of the Order. Hmm. But Tyrannus, correct me if I'm wrong, and granted this is not my area of expertise, but it seemed like the Hell Knight skeletons out there displayed some sort of strategy. They took a formation and they had a leader. These seemed to be completely amalgamous. They didn't have any leader. They simply acted on their own will and not particularly intelligently. Well, well to were... be fair, we didn't give them much of a chance. Yes, they were smited quite quickly. They were not particularly hardy creatures, whatever they were. They also, you know, were, you know, floating skeleton heads with, you know, spines, uh, length of the as room. as far as I could tell. Um, this... Could a spell do this? <laughs> it's what I know. No, I'm thinking to myself, could a spell do this? And if so, what would it be? Well, I mean, a spell can really... Magic can do anything, it turns right, but, out, but... But necromancy of the level that I think Vaz could cast. Okay. Uh, if you want to start recalling knowledge, make me an arcana check. Can I make one as well? Yeah, you can make me one too, because you're already recalling knowledge. Um, that is going be to be arcana? a arcana, 23. That's... Never mind. Uh, with a 23, it's certainly possible, but these weren't, like, this isn't something like what happened in the entry hall. These aren't raised corpses. These aren't just skeletons who have been animated to stand back up and fight. These were specters. These are phantasms of some kind. While they could be created via a spell, it's much more likely that they formed organically. Uh, most creatures, uh, most incorporeal undead rise because of something preventing them from resting properly, some latent emotion, or it could be magical energy or something that corrupts them and allows them to take on the spectral form. And while these seem to have had to be possessed helmets, so they weren't they weren't fully specters, they weren't fully incorporeal creatures, it's really difficult to determine how these were generated, but it, it does seem more likely that they were not created intentionally by magic. But they could have been created 
unintentionally if something disturbed them. They definitely could have. Hmm. So it is unlikely, now that I think on it, that these things would have been created by intentional magic, but it's distinctly possible that something Vaz did unintentionally disturbed them. Generally, Vaz didn't get past the room outside. That we know of. She's had days, she's had a week down here without us. Well, but there's no evidence she came back. She certainly didn't come back through the passageway. Besides, Zuri would have noticed. Zuri would have noticed. Zuri certainly didn't... would have, and you had been spending much of your time in the pigs here after she closed it down. But she I... could have gone in the normal way, the way we went. The back secret to... door in the middle of the mountains? How would she even know of it? I don't know. Well, wasn't she a friend of yours? You seem awfully quick to throw her under the bus. As far as we know, she's uh, only been casting one spell, and... It was only to talk to someone. I, I don't know. She could be mourning or something. I, I, I feel bad just throwing her like she's some kind of demon witch or something. I don't think there's any evidence that she's any kind of criminal. I have to agree with Buford here. I mean, she's her, her writings mark her as a poor researcher. But aside from that, I, I don't think she has broken any laws. Poor research is a crime as far as Doran's concerned. <laughs> Certainly worth calling out. I'm going to stern talk with her when I meet up with her. I... I do not know this woman, but... She seems to have gone to surprising amounts of effort to investigate these crypts, to cast her rituals, to seek out whatever it was she is after. She could have just done this by accident. I'm not saying she had any fell intent. Hmm, possibly. Uh, is there any other, anything uh, in the alcoves that might indicate um, that these things were disturbed? Any grave goods that look out of place or look like uh, they've been moved? You can make me a perception check, Mr. Seeker. Well, if you want to return to detecting magic, you would absolutely yeah. detect magic in the ossuary. Uh, uh, will you take a look at this effect to see if you can determine anything further about it, aside from the fact that it's clearly necromancy? Sure. Well, you detect magic in the ossuary, which is completely full of things. Yeah. Little trinkets and carvings and bits of on jewelry the, everywhere skull, left please. for everything. Well, uh, we have the hallway. We would have the ability to at least cut it down to sections. You could you could kind of science it out with the edge of that, but it's not like I cast detect magic. No magic? Magic. No magic? Magic. Okay, it's right there. Like it's it's kind of just you, you get like a, a rough area. You but, can get the ossuary is large enough. You could cut it in half, surely. Ah, but what he about has this? What if we take Buford's shield, right, Buford's right and we hold items. it in front of you while you cast it? Because if it if we're blocking part of the room, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm okay. We could narrow it down that we're way. Gonna, what if I if I put this? Between two rhinos, I can actually <laughs> only see your character, so there are no other closer visible targets. That's Warhammer, baby. So I can shoot your character with my rocket launcher. Really. <laughs> I was actually thinking we could specifically target one of the helmets to see if there was any magic specifically on it. Yeah. Uh, with Reed Aura, you actually would not uh, read any magic on the helmets whatsoever. They appear to have now become entirely un inert and mundane from whatever had possessed them previously. But you would also know that undead are not inherently magical, mm -hmm. and even were these latent spirits still present in the helmet, they may not read with your, to your cantrip. Mm. Perhaps they can find guidance on the path, and if not, I'll meet them there. I sure am glad we came down here. As this, these, I don't know how long these souls have been trapped down here, but I don't suppose any of the hell knots were like or people, and they've just been trapped down here for a while. I'm sure they're perfectly reasonable people. 
that turned into disembodied specter heads and made demon-possessed murder puppets. And If there's anything that I've learned from my travels is that my observations is that most beings are more stupid than they are malicious. Ah. Their ass is kind of... Well, that seems much nicer characterization. I think he may have been pertaining towards the individuals interfering with the crypt. I understand, but... So I have no idea of what has taken place in the Citadel or what its original purpose was. I, but it's my faith in the Order of the Nail to have had a purpose and to have designed this in a way that was useful. And if whatever these creatures were, whatever these animated helmets have risen up against us, it was either intended through perhaps some older style of Vord or the side effect of Vaz's or someone else's tampering. I doubt something like this would have simply happened on its own. Though admittedly, I know nothing of magic. Mm. Well, perhaps we can find something that might shed some light or at least be useful. Um, is there... Rur, the Citadel itself has fallen largely into disrepair. Uh, many of the walls have been beaten through, even leaving gaping holes to the outside. As stone decays, would magic do the same? If left unattended. That would depend more upon the nature of the magic itself. For instance, a ward placed on a solid object, if that object decays, the ward would no longer be effective. Right. I know that we have, by and large, stopped using these types of wards, these necromantic triggers, these animators. I know not the reason, I am not a signifier, but... It is possible that side effects such as this could be part of the reason. It's also There's no way to predict how it would decay. It's also possible that whatever this is, it was natural, and there was something that these men in particular had regrets about in life, which meant that they couldn't pass on for some reason. These things are known to happen, just incidentally, and it's not out of... the realm of possibility that these men might have done something they sincerely regretted. The life of a Hell Knight is not an easy one, that much is certain. For, sh- for certain. They but did uh, recognize you, at least. I did notice it did not seem to attack me. I suppose we can do nothing but continue on and see what else we find. Agreed. Indeed. Well, <clears throat> for the sake of checking, because Detect Magic went off for this general area, uh, is there any object lying about that looks particularly pristine or unaffected? Um, why don't uh, Dalrin make me a perception check and look around? Oh, die. You have failed me for the last time. <laughs> That's going to be a 12. With uh, a 12, there are just so many things in here scattered throughout the room that have been left uh, that... Nothing in particular really stands out to you as different from all the rest of the small little odds and ends. I had a session reroll. Oh god, it got up and walked away. <laughs> it's gone. So, with that, we proceed? Yes. Very good. And as you pass, as you pass through the ossuary here, uh, you are still detecting magic all the way through. The ossuary itself is quite a long chamber, uh, near 60, 70 feet across, much wider than the radius to detect magic. So the fact that you detect magic on one side 
uh, and are still detecting magic on the other would imply that either there is a large aura hanging over the whole room or there are multiple uh, points of magic spread throughout the chamber. But again, it's just so big that trying to go through and and radar all these various little items would take some time. Time you could you could certainly do. I'm thinking later. Well, that leads me to an interesting question. Okay. If there's a, just a general overlying aura in the room, and I cast read aura, like using the wall. You would, yeah, like what what you did with the necromantic aura. You yeah. can read an aura itself. Uh, there is nothing hanging over the ossuary. There is no greater aura, so it must be multiple points of magic spread throughout the room. So as the group of you continue, you would very shortly find yourselves back in the front entryway uh, where you would first encounter the skeletal hell knights. Well, I think we have another door here on... Uh, oh, no, once we go back. It you want to head like back it. to the main entrance? Well, there was a, that third uh, hallway, hallway off the main yeah. entrance we need to go back to uh, just to complete our route. But uh, there also appears to be a door right here off this... Oh, Wait, right. where does this that go? That was where you came in. Uh, no, 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 no. The other one. And, oh, there's actually a oh. door going from... Oh, yeah, there is There is a small door that, uh, that seems... leads from the ossuary directly to the sepulcher. That, that seems, seems extremely, extremely redundant. odd, yeah. You could also is... just walk five feet yeah. around. But, uh, <laughs> that is a... I don't wish to walk five feet, put it Efficiency, all. <laughs> I am going that way. I'm not walking around. Pulled a, pulled a buddy just right through the wall. They had to put a door in. <laughs> That's it exactly is, what happened. There's a giant archway and just a door next to it. So I don't know, maybe there's a lot of foot traffic in this particular crypt. They had like a fire exit. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I am largely unclear on why that door is there. You know? It does right. not lead anywhere of value. Well, I mean, if there's something in that ossuary, we may want to go and investigate more thoroughly. But in the meantime, do you want to check out that uh, third passageway? Sure, sure do. For the sake of checking everything, we might as well. You could head up through this middle door here. I am never going to tire of Arkin for his ability for me to actually swing doors doors open in real time and see the line of sight update. It's so cool. It's so cool. And we're gone. I know. I'm on the (laughs) (laughs) It's dark. And then the heroes. You end up here, uh, down this third of the branches, because this entryway to the vaults as a whole had almost spider-like hallways branching off to either uh, to either side. And this is the termination of the only one you haven't explored. What's interesting is that it doesn't end in a door, but just a wall. A wall at the end of a hallway where every other hallway just like it has doors? Indeed. I strongly this suspect. Isn't, this is certainly an odd situation, so why don't you roll me a perception? <laughs> I am so suspicious. Ooh, yeah, that's a natural 20. 20, goes to a 27. With a natural 20, you walk up to this, and but his buddy kind of gets out to it and realizes there's just a wall here. Dalrin just reaches past him, flips uh, the small handle hidden on the side. It's like the worst concealed secret door I've ever seen in it's my life. It's pretty concealed. Dalrin's just like so suspicious of this. But he's like, this is obviously a door. Look where a handle would be. Just reaches over and grabs it. Because it is DC 20. It's actually really hidden. But uh, you just hone in on this specifically. Something about the light emanating from your goose arm just no, it's, it's it. on his glove. Uh, around your gauntlet. That's how he saw the just, handle. Oh, that's what you reach forward and just see the handle. <laughs> just literally, his actual hand illuminates it. His scholarly disdain was so... 
The shadow gave away the handle. (laughs) (laughs) But also with that critical success, you can hear a sound coming from the other side of the door that you have not heard in some time in these vaults. A soft croaking. Not more frogs. It sounds like there may be more of our tropical friends on the other side of this. We should probably get ready for a hostile welcome. Well, I better get my uh, whale, I guess. I'm curious how it found its way in there, but it couldn't find its way out through the other secret door. That's true. Maybe they're breeding down here. Well, let's... Hmm. Well, you maybe maybe the fact that this is a door is more obvious than the door in the middle of a random hallway. Yeah, like, it's surely this did somewhere. Just whack it with your dumb little frog hands. <laughs> opens, like. Dumb little frog <laughs> hands. All right. Uh, they have lobster Maybe he found hands. his way in and can't find his way out. <laughs> Hell! <laughs> River! Rabbit! <laughs> Hell! <laughs> You know, that, you know when you're bored and you're sitting there with the ball and you throw it, bounce it off the wall and it comes back to you? He's doing that with his tongue, just blah, blah. <laughs> Maybe that's how they found the secret hand. <laughs> Every 20th time he rolls a one and he pokes himself in the eye. Dang it, Franklin, go bounce your tongue somewhere else. We sleep here. Fine. <laughs> 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 oh. hey. I don't know why that uh. got us so bad. All right. We have fun here. Franklin's a special here. individual. Franklin tries really hard. All he right. Does. Well, mm-hmm. at any rate, it may be quite claustrophobic in there. I'd suggest we prepare to storm in um, to make room for uh, our compatriots in the back and, and take the room by storm. We've thought these before. Well, uh, don't. You know, we got quite an effect out of them once you started speaking your, like, snarling language. I think it may uh, work out real well if we if we try that again. Oh, to try to talk? Oh, goodness gracious. But the Breach Hill Jail is terribly insecure, it would seem. Uh, well, it was only insecure because one, one of the guards got, like, sucked and dry from, like, his whole life source. Yeah, well, murdered, yes. Yes, the guard was murdered. <laughs> Are we doing phrasing? No? Okay. Carry on. Oh, uh, yes, uh, very well. We'll see if we can't talk them down. Hmm, yeah, I, I agree with this. I... So, uh, Buford opens the door. So, as you do, and uh, the group of you head inside here to get a better view of this area, uh, you can see this opens into a similar kind of sepulcher, uh, where there are much less... Graves. It's not. It's not packed full like the ossuary at a central hall. There. It's more like the sepulcher you'd entered from originally. There are six raised daises stretching across the center of this room, each with a massive stone coffin, almost a sarcophagus, standing upright on them, with their cover engraved with a full body art of a hell knight bearing arms and armor. Wow. As you come in the room and the light from Dal Reynolds, you see the first couple of them. You can see that there are even minor variations. These are individualized. Hmm. It's not even just the Hell Knight. It's very possible this is the personal arms and armor of the people within. Uh, they're not all halberds. The, the first you can see bears a halberd, and the, the second, a morning star. Uh, the completely different, unique 
weapons. You can also see the cover of the second one is tilted towards you a little bit, as that coffin is open. Hmm. And directly in front of you, you can see your frog buddy. Yay. Which, thanks to Paizo, I have the actual Pathfinder Beastary Box now, so instead of us using Beastary Box 3, I got a PaizoCon for weird surrogates. This is the actual Boggard Warrior. So, Hi, Franklin. You can put Franklin there on his little token. And Franklin's kind of hunched over, uh, armored up very similarly to how the other Boggard Warriors have been. But they all stood fairly tall. He's kind of like hunched against this back wall, almost swaying a little bit back and forth. And uh, as you enter the room and look around, this light kind of hits him and you see this Boggard just awkwardly standing, not even in the corner, just like head almost against the other wall. Slowly kind of turns his head towards the group. As he does, you can see that the entire side of his face has been ripped off. Huh. Just leaving largely bare bones and bits of muscle underneath. He turns around, you can see an equally large rip across the armor bound around his chest where he's been nearly disemboweled, torn open by some kind of claws. As he looks at you sort of swaying, you hear from the darkness to your left, Buford, a rattling voice of some sort, a a roar. (sighs) And at that, the frog reaches up and staggers towards you. Claws outstretched. Franklin didn't meet a particularly good ending. Mm. So, Poor I'm going to need some initiatives. Do we get plus one? Yes, I'm scouting. Do you have a spell, yes. Franklin's mad. And you hear several more of these voices echoing out from the darkness beyond. Esbis! 18. You sound so sad about that. I am. Uh, buddy. 28! <clears throat> Whoa! Look at that! That is some initiative, Dolren. I got a 9. Because I'm trying to shout at Draconic in this thing. I'll and... put you, you're, you're mentally brushing up on your Draconic while the zombified frog. What should I say to him to try to talk him down? Oh, God, he's Where's a zombie. 23. <gasps> oh, God, he's a zombie. Oh, Lord, that's not what I wanted. A rear. 29. Dropping <laughs> the mic. So, your friend here, Franklin. Oh, I also have really cool beast cards. Mm. Put some stuff up here. Yeah, Franklin, Bogard Warrior. He's gonna live right there. So I can see some of his stats. There you go. But don't worry about this yet. Everybody yeah. has friends. Don't worry so about we're gonna this put something yet. else right next to him. Don't worry about that yet. Okay, so let me double check one thing, because Franklin's not feeling great. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. He's half the frog he used to be. Franklin's not feeling fantastic, but that does not actually affect his initiative. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, resume had. Uh, 24. 24. Frog. Gonna be just after you. 23. 
You got 22, so whether it was a 24 or oh, 23 doesn't matter. You're ahead of him regardless. And then we're going to have... You said 23. It was 23. Plus scouting, it might have been 24. Ah, yes. Thank you. One of them. Here. And just to be clear, that's one, not two. This one. Yeah, I'm doing this the individuals again. This isn't a huge horde. Right, thank uh, God. It, it sounds like there's a pair of them off in the darkness that you can hear. So, Rur. Tyrannus. Oh, Tyrannus. I don't want to roll Tyrannus' initials. going to be sad. 17. I. Is that, is that what you roll? 17. Hey! <laughs> I'm good at what I do. So you just have to say 20 before you roll dice. That's okay. all you have to do. It's oh. actually really easy. Just say 20. It's easy. You just kill the Batman. You just kill the Batman. And then That's roll. It. What do you do? Kill the Batman. Mm. And then you'll be good. Tyrannus also pretty up here. Tyrannus having a good day. Tyrannus is having a great afternoon. He finally realized his former that, friends. that he could do this. All right, Rare. So what um, do I know about So examples? give me plus seven. Nine. Well, nine. nine on your religion? Yeah. Well, clearly, this boggard here has been raised as some kind of undead. He, he looks like a, a zombie. Um, he seems incredibly slow and clumsy in his undeath, uh, much weaker than a standard boggard warrior would be. Uh, but without being able to see any more, like, it's kind of hard to tell from something that's already been turned into an undead spawn what caused it without seeing the source. So I just know he's an undead. He is a zombie, yes. He's a slow he's zombie. Slow and he's, he's a he's zombie. He's not as fast as a regular bugger warrior. Well, you know what we do to undead around here? Is it smite them out? I think you disrupt them. You disrupt their chakras. I don't know. You uh you roll a fort save for me, please. Okie dokie. <clears throat> so his fort is unaffected. And he is going to succeed. DC 19. Uh, he takes five damage. Alrighty. I'm actually going to have to track for these because they have more than a tiny fart of health. <laughs> I'll use it with one action left. Can I ready a meta magic? You cannot ready without two actions. Yeah. So then, I guess that brings us to body. I'll draw my scimitar. Okay. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> you gotta bring Saren Ray's holy beat down to somebody. Buddy, you're in the front okay. here. Shield I up. can only see the one. I can hear all this spooky business going on on the right, uh, left side. So I'm gonna run around and uh, have my uh, war hammer ready to just kind of bring this man, uh, this... Uh, to the frog or to the other side of the... Uh, to the frog, because I can't okay. see anything else. Yeah. I also don't want to go running blindly into the dark. That's fair. So That's probably a good idea. It does lead to um, very amusing things, though. That's true, that's true. Slide whistles. So, um, so I'm going to roll. Hey. Ooh, 19 on the day, uh, so 29. 29 will critically hit. Nice. Okay, so just one one of these guys. With a, a 9 times 2 is a 18. All right, so you, you come around and smash Franklin. Or 18 damage. Uh, and in his undeath, he does not seem to have any kind of resistance to being just bashed with a freaking mallet. <laughs> uh, and that's a pretty solid hit, but he's still just as large and bulky as the bogards you'd fought before. 
Uh, and he now does not seem to experience pain at all. So you come around and smash this Warhammer into him, you hear it just crunch through his ribs. Just crushing right through the bone like it's nothing. And he just staggers a bit from the actual impact, but does not react any further. I'll be like, uh, it's, a, it's a damn shame about all these undead. You know, a, a peaceful walk into the afterlife is, is all one could hope for, and I'll raise my shield. All right. Tyrannus... Um, finally wins, and the light in front of him is stuck, <laughs> and also going last. Um, he can shove me. I think you can get, get by. <laughs> I am. He's literally going to shove you. He's going to shove you into the room. <laughs> What's well, uh, your fort? It's eighteen. If he wants to try to crack it, he fails. <laughs> <laughs> You can't, fail. you can't accept being shoved by an ally, can you? He's still got to do the roll, because like, he hasn't reacted yet. He doesn't know what's happening. Gotcha. Because um, he tries to push you into the room, and you just kind of plant your feet as you're focusing on his draconic and hearing zombie sounds, and you're very overwhelmed. Uh, he's just going to call out, Don't! Don't run! Forward! Into the room! And ready to move when the way is clear. Ah, ah, ah right, 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 right. Right. So, past present tense, past perfect tense. He used to be alive. <laughs> you are going to hear some shuffling in the darkness here. And Buford, pretty sure one of them is not far out of you ahead of you, coming towards you in the bucket. <clears throat> but you can't see it yet. You just hear dragging feet and clanking chain Creepy metal. stuff. Resume. Creepy stuff. Um, can I see the bogger? Uh, yeah. From where you were, yeah, you can see the bogger. Okay. Um, well, that thing is clearly not alive anymore. Time to make it not alive again. Uh, and uh, she will once again uh, call up Disrupt Undead. Alrighty, he is going to make his fort save. He is going to fail. The sort of getting crazy value today. They're be, they're feeling very disruptive. Whoa! Yes. Maximum. Uh, that's gonna be sixteen. Okay, he has been disrupted. Oh, and, no, uh, I was hoping he would be a good meatball. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin is just going to collapse, crumble to dust, and he'll Wait, be stepping in. Crumble to a meaty goose. Oh, I see. He was waiting. Roar. You've been struck by a smooth so That leaves you with an action. You're sort of still stuck in this hallway. Uh, that is what shield is all about. Oh, that's fair. Throw up a shield. So. I'm just in this room all by myself. With your frog, <laughs> with your frog having collapsed, you see another fully formed undead. Uh, its skin dark and tight where it's been drawn across the bone from ages of just wasting away and an unnatural burning glow coming out from its mouth, its nose, its eyes, everywhere in its head, kind of similar to what the floating helmets had did. And uh, as this corpse shambles towards you, it starts to increase in speed. It's kitted out in full Hell Knight plate uh, with a halberd strapped across its back. But seems to show no interest in using or wielding the halberd as it lunges forward with its claws out and getting closer and faster as it 
sort of seems to grow in intensity as it senses life near in front of it. By the time it's reached you, it is lashing out in a fury. Uh, what is your aim? Uh, 22. That is going to be a villain point. Oh, villain point. Mm-hmm. Down to three. <laughs> oh my god, so many. Down to three. Sean wants to see bad stuff happen to you. All right, that is going to be a 30. So that does not crit you, uh, but it is going to hit. Ouchies. And uh, as this undead slashes through you, uh, with impressive strength, its claws finding the weakness in your full plate as it just collides and scrabbles against you. I would lean into whatever... Uh, as as the uh, claw connects, I would kind of lean into it with my shield. And you and with this, this shield still in front of you, able to keep the the zombie itself off of you. It can't get as close, so it can't get near as much pressure as you can show block. I assume. <laughs> uh, all right, so it is going to deal nine damage. Okay. So you're going to take four, right? Yeah. You and the shield will yeah. both take four. And as it rips at you, you see its ferocity only increase. This hissing growl is... gets louder as it swings. It's seeming to draw more vigor out of you as it draws blood, getting stronger and more furious. I also need you to make me a fortitude save. Okay. I figure now's a good lull. Uh, what do I know about this one? I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, the battle started. Just, you, got, you, got, you get a knowledge check. Oh, I, I thought it was um, each enemy. Each, like, well, now, yeah, now we're going. So you can, okay. uh, That'd be 23. Uh, with a 23, you feel not pain, but almost just like a deadening around where it rips at you with its claws. But, again, Buddy is a very sturdy man. And he is just going to keep swinging. He is not big on the smart. He's throwing a specter tantrum. Uh, but with your shield up, keeping the body of the creature away from you as, as well as you are in your full play, is not able to do any further damage that attempts to rip and tear. Espus. Can I even see it from where I am in the way back? Well, Resume could see the bogger in the same position. I'm going to give it cover. It's like on top of Buddy. Yeah, it, it's trying to like hug Buddy real tight. That's so fine. it's got cover. That's fine. From where you are, but I'll say you can see it. I will hunt prey. And then I will hunter's aim. Now it doesn't have cover. Now it doesn't have <laughs> Ranger powers activate. Now you ski it. Twenty-four. Twenty-four will hit. For eight damage. Ooh, that's pretty good. So as you uh, as he's attacking you, buddy, you see this arrow fly out from the dark, uh, from the hallway and uh, strike it, and just kind of thudding into this thing's dead flesh. It doesn't appear to react or acknowledge it literally at all. It's still just clawing at you. There is also now an arrow stuck in its side. And that's all my all my actions. And a second one comes. Crawling forth in the darkness. Don't like it, don't like it. Into the doorway in front of Dalra. Oh, oh, goodness gracious. What's your AC? Uh, AC is 20. 
I don't like that thing. I don't like that thing, no sir. His claw is going to connect with you as well as it comes around the corner towards the source of the light here, just scrabbling and reaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is going to hit you for six. And uh, similarly, you're going to see it invigorate as it draws blood, uh, seeming to gain power as you feel this numbness kind of rack through you. Make me a fortitude save. Uh, that's going to be a natural 20 for a 28. Solid. So uh, you also, you got two, so we have the Hardy Boys in the front here. <laughs> 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 barbarian, the Barbarian, the Champion here, which are doing a good job of holding off this deadening that they're trying to spread through your body. And he's going to swing again. Oh, no, you should definitely villain point I'll the second it. iterative. I'll save this for later. <laughs> Doran. Um, so I'm getting hit by this thing, and surprisingly enough, the numbing kind of sets in and just takes away the pain of the wounds. So Doran immediately just kind of loses all respect for these things, because they clearly can't... He doesn't feel any pain from their, from their attacks. Um, so the contempt's going to rise up in him, and he's just going to go dragon rage, crackle around him. <clears throat> Take them off, Will. That's Dragon Rage! <laughs> That's what we're looking That's for. That's it. That's it. The monocle comes off as the lightning surges around. Uh, and, and do a quick upswing with that geese arm. Uh, back away from me, trash. Uh, that's going to be a 28. 28 is going to critically hit. Be gone, trash! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not rolling two dice, just one. Okay, so that's uh, plus Dragon Rage, 15 times 2, 30 damage. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, unlike the skeletons, these corpses have enough to them that he does not seem to in any way be resistant to your electricity. He's got plenty to be surged through, uh, especially because he is also kitted out in full uh, a lighter Hell Knight plate, almost like a, a chainmail uh, with a light coif on, on, over the top, mm -hmm. but a huge greatsword slung across his back as he swings at you. Hmm. And this lightning racks through the whole thing, uh, knocking him off balance and actually blasting him back a couple steps into the room. Okay. Uh, seemed promising. Uh, the second attack... Um, let's see. Uh, actually, what I'm going to do... Can I push past him? Um... I know there's a way you can do that in second edition. Well, didn't edition. he get shoved back? He didn't get shoved out of just the a couple, square. Just a couple, just a couple like steps. Flavor. Acrobatics to. Uh, slip, I got acrobatics to move past him. Athletics to shove him. Okay, um, I can try to uh, to gain the use the momentum yeah, from the attack to, to to swing past him and around without trying. Will that um, negate attacks opportunity too? In second edition. Um. I don't believe it does. No. Don't I think believe it you does. Still take it. It's much simpler because it's still a an action with a move trait, so you'd still get an attack opportunity if you had it. Because it's pretty, it's pretty just like if you take a move trait act. The only thing that ignores it is things that specifically say they don't trigger reactions, which is pretty much just step. Gotcha. Class features. So uh, yeah, tumbling through does still tumbling through or shoving. Are you are you trying to tumble through? Uh, I would try to tumble through. I want to get on the other side of him so that Tyrannus and I can flank him. Okay. I can look real quick, because we're trying to learn, and I'm sure this will come up before, but I'm going to say it's those still provoke. Okay. Um, well, clearly his, his his attacks seem to have no effect on me, so I'm um, yeah. fine. I'll just try to tumble this past This garbage. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to use the force of my of my attack to lever past him and step behind him. Okay. Uh, acrobatics? Yep. Uh, that's a 19. 
Uh, 19 is going to succeed. All right. I'll push past him and just end on the other side. Uh, so it's going to trigger Tyrannus. It's going to take his reaction to move forward. Although all he can really do is step once. Fair enough. Uh, and that's... I'm out of actions. All right. And then that brings us back around to Roar at the top here. As you now see this undead Hell Knight corpse swinging at Dalred and Doran just flip right past... So, I saw a couple of my buddies take a hit there. They don't look too serious, but I do happen to see a couple of undead individuals. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. So let me conveniently smooth out the numbers here. Sharon. Right. <laughs> so a couple of uh, fort saves, I believe. No, it's, it's well. Will for, for Chandler. Channel? Oh, you're doing the AoE. Yeah. Yes, that is. I'm using uh, the three action AoE heal. Okie dokie. Yeah, that is in fact will saves. So I have the one closest to you is going to succeed. The one furthest away is just barely in the emanation is also going to succeed. So they're both going to take half. Five, so they take two. So they'll each take two damage, and anyone who has any damage will heal for two. No. Yeah. Oh, right. two? Wait, no, you, you heal, heal for five. For five. Oh, yeah. you have five, sorry. Yeah. 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 They, they take after you take the four. This was just level one heal. Or was that just really bad roll? That, that's level two bad roll. Okay, fair enough. It's one of my automatic. All oh, right, your auto ones are automatically heightened now. Yep. Level three things. So as this wave of energy comes out from rare buddy, you are up. Okay, I'm going to uh, try and uh, get my shield kind of to bash him back a little bit so that I can swing my hammer up and I'll just take a take a swing here. Hey. Uh-huh. Okay, so that is a 26. 26 what? Um, oh, my gosh, that was terrible. Um, so that is a uh, 5 for 5 damage. Okay. And then I am going to step back a little bit and try and brace myself again and raise my shield. Back to back in the corner. We ready it up. Right. Uh, and that will bring us to Tyrannus from his new flanking position here. He likes it. As he is seeing what we're most certainly in turned Hell Knights, but what now appear to just be mindless undead. This is certainly not what the word we're supposed to make. He steals himself for a moment again before almost infuriated, bringing down the halberd with as much power as he can muster, and he is going to critically hit Woo! with the flat-footed... <laughs> this the, one, the one that you crit. You crit push past and Tyrannus just steps up and baseballs the thing. And he is going to hit it for... It's a 9. It's a 13. 17 times 2. 34. Woo! As he brings his halberd straight down through, cleaving this Hell Knight, armor and all, completely in half as the two separate sides of this zombie just collapse into a heap on the ground. One crit, two crit. <laughs> you hit, Trash. I hit. And he is going to move a little further into the room on the side of the door. Resme. Um, I'm not sure if Resme can see that guy in yeah, the back, to Yeah, it's in the same fair. place. Yeah. It's the same yeah. place where the Boggart was. Yeah, I yeah. say, you, you, you saw him yeah, last time. Yeah, it's cover from you. It's cover, but, but that's... You can see him, but if you disrupt undeading, I mean, I'm just matter. disrupt undeading, yeah, so, so it doesn't really matter. Cover irrelevant. 
Alright, now this one is just gonna whack with a hammer once and it's taking an arrow. Uh, he is going to critically succeed. On so his, he doesn't take any damage. Nothing happened. So nothing is gonna happen to him. That's cool. Should be like, wait. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> what happened? But then this creature is going to stumble forward, following up Buford as he retreats, swinging still with just undead fervor. Another 30. He's going to connect. I'll just roll them both because he's just swinging again. He's just going in. He's got no interest in doing anything else. He's going to hit you and hit you again. As you're pushed back into the corner and no longer have any room to work with here as he presses the assault, he just piles in on you. So, uh... And again, I'll kind of try and lean into the uh, shield a bit. Do block on the first one. Yeah. Uh, the first one is going to do ten damage. Okay. Five the shield are each going to take five. <clears throat> and the second one is going to do nine damage, which you are just going to take entirely. Okay. And as he rips through you, uh, the vigor racking through him as he just growls louder and louder. It isn't physically stitching up his wounds or anything. He's not healing. Uh, but he seems to be draining energy away from Buford. Uh, that is fueling him to fight further and harder and at least allowing him to ignore a lot of the damage that he has taken as he just continues pressing this attack, uh, almost physically swelling up inside his armor, bulging as he lands these strikes. And then I need a fortitude save from you. All right. Fortitude save. Uh, that would be a 16. No, t uh, 18. 18. All right. That's the first strike. And then I need the second fortitude save. Right. Ah, my goodness. Uh, that is a 21. Uh, no, 23. I keep on getting it backwards. 23. Buford will have none of these shenanigans. You can, you can feel <laughs> this growing deadness. You can feel that he's sapping away your essence here. But still, you hold strong, and you aren't letting it... You you were almost through sheer force of will, ignoring just as he is. <laughs> Two absolute bullheaded idiots wailing on each other. Determined to not show any sign of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, still my prey. So. He moves cover. I'd say he's on the lesser cover now, because it's just the people in the way now. Okay. Uh, because he's moved forward into a much clearer line of sight. Okay. Um, I will... Okay, then. Um, I, I'll still I'll still first shot take the hunter's aim and ignore that lesser cover for him. Okay. Uh, 20. 20 Okay. For two points of damage. Okay. And then, uh, hunted shot. So he will still have the lesser cover for this. 20 again. 20 hits. And 17. 17 will not hit. 17 will glance off of his uh, his breastplate as he is still wearing his full armor. Uh, but you'll land a second arrow into him as these are just flying down the hall now over Resume's shoulder. Another 8 damage. Another Woo! 8 damage. Solid. You're drawing uh, a long bow. But as you are just sticking more and more arrows in this this, this creature, as they're, they're just sticking in it, uh, Buford is backing up, flailing with his hammer. As he's 
literally just ripping energy out of Buford. He barely even seems to be slowing down from this damage. That's all my actions. Dalren. Um, this, uh, so, uh, rules question. If someone is prone, do they still threaten their area? Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, I should remember, Marn did that when he yeah. like, a, flailed out. He was able yeah, to. Yeah, they, they do have, a, I believe, they're flat-footed. I think they may also take a penalty to their attack rolls, but it does not outright stop them from taking attacks opportunity and okay. them. Um, so uh, th this thing is building up way too much momentum, and, and frankly, it's it's insulting that it's it's <laughs> pressing my friend so much. This garbage. Uh, is going to push the geese arm out between its legs and just whip it up to trip it to slow, send it splaying onto the floor. All right. So athletics against its fort DC. Uh, athletics checks a 27. 27 will certainly knock it down. Quap. Uh, <laughs> So as it kind of almost overcommits here, just flailing, throwing itself against Buford, you just knock its feet out. It just slumps down and face plants on the ground right in front of it. Bring it up finish, uh, and just bring the, the head of it smash down onto it. Lightning explosion. Minus five, but what put it? Hey, that's uh, 18. 18 hits. Woo! Uh, that's uh, 12 lightning damage. You have been weighed, measured, and found wanting. So, uh... I've got one more yeah, action, one too, action, actually. Yep. Yeah, I actually That's only two. <laughs> yeah. You still got a whole other going there. Um, I'm going to, um... Let's see, I can't conveniently step out of the way. Eh, I'm not afraid of this thing. It clearly is entirely inept. I'm just going to move past it, uh, and just... Just kip up onto the, onto the crypts, and just walk across the crypts, and step behind it. Okay. His light seems particularly dark. So moving over the uh, crypts here, it's going to be difficult terrain. I've got the movement uh, to get across. But yeah, you can you can kind of climb up behind these big circles. I'm, I'm a nimble elf. And again, yeah, and get up behind him. Um, and, uh, five feet further away, though, if I could. All right, reach weapons. Reach weapons gonna do reach weapon stuff. Boop. I don't I don't want it to get its its dirty yeah. hands. Please on do me. not touch me, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's on the ground. I. Guess we're gonna have a little fun with it. It's uh, it's very obviously absorbing some life force, so we're gonna feed it some life force. <laughs> I'm going to move forward to the doorway, and just looking down at this pitiful, undead abomination, channel a two-action heal. So, are you aware the two-action heal does not get the plus eight? We're not doing that. Yeah, We're disrupting you, you undead. You do not get the plus 8 or the plus 16 if you are do dealing damage. That is only if it is used to heal. That is definitely going to be disrupt undead then. <laughs> he's going to be disrupted. Laying on the floor, he succeeds, but he's relatively disrupted. 13, so 7. 7 damage. Or 6. Yeah, 6. 6. One more than that. You've piled up a ton of damage in this thing, uh, but it still shows no signs of stopping. Uh, without being chunked down so quickly, is the one the door frame that got just crit twice. <laughs> the, the battle of attrition seems to be much more difficult to bring this thing down. And Buddy, I bring this back to you. Uh, I am going to uh, again raise my uh, <clears throat> uh, war hammer up and try and just smash this thing against the floor. The and uh, with a 22. 22 will definitely hit. <laughs> just, right. belting, just tenderizing the zombie <laughs> leg on the floor. For, um, that is 11 damage. Okay. 
And then... Now, you are... Although it's it's consumed a ton of energy from you, and you can feel this necrotic kind of numbness still racking through where it's managed to deal damage to you, where it's, like, rent through your shields and its claws, it's clearly experiencing no pants, and it's not slowing. But just the amount of physical damage that you have done to this thing, you're, you're actually beating it apart. Uh, as it lays there on the ground, and you're just paddling it with your warhammer, and it's getting just destroyed by these ripples of positive energy, this disruption is racking through it. If you break it enough, it doesn't matter how much it does <laughs> And it is nearly broken. Okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll uh, roll, I'll, I'll um, try again, and hopefully, ooh, I, and I miss with a three on the die. Which is a 13. 13 is going to miss. Um, and then... Uh, probably an 8, but... What? 13 with a minus 5. Oh, yeah, yeah minus like it's probably, 5. You'd have to have a plus 15 eight. to hit normally. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. 8 definitely seven. misses. We're not quite there. Yeah. Not, um, soon. Soon, soon, soon. Trademark. Um, and then... Um... I guess I will. Okay, I guess I will just raise my shield again. I'm gonna just brace against the wall. Lower your shield. Lower yeah. your shield. <laughs> <laughs> Lower this thing flailing on the ground. So that brings us to Tyrannus. Things got cover from him here. Tyrannus is going to move around to get a little bit of a better angle, and then just try one uh, massive downward cleaving swing. He cut the last one in two. He's gonna probably cut this one in two. Nice. As he deals four, six, nine damage. But that will be enough to do it. Uh, with his blade just dropping down onto this creature on the ground, uh, it already being damaged, his armor just being bludgeoned apart by the Warhammer blows. The blade of the halberd and all the weight and force Tyrannus can get behind it. Actually, like almost inverting his grip to just slam it down with as much force as possible. Not even so much aiming as he's laying flat on the ground. Just completely desiccates the creature. And with a last couple desperate scrabbles towards Buford's legs, the thing finally falls truly dead on the ground. No longer fighting. Hmm. I would brace into the, the I'd be uh, here against the wall and I'd brace and kind of like uh, hunker down and just say a, say a quiet prayer and um, and then you'd see kind of some of the the like burnt almost gray skin coming back and giving itself a little bit more light ah, the thing was uh, rather tenacious wasn't it are you alright buddy those, you know, those things are real, real unnatural. I don't know what those things were, but I hope we never meet one of those again. Yeah, fragile is what they were. <laughs> what were they? This is... Bastards! What is this? This should not be happening! These are mindless corpses! Uh, perhaps there's a reason they don't use those wards anymore. And, uh, Tyrannus just seems, like, absolutely furious at this point. Like near just overwhelmed <clears throat> with blind rage here. Uh, well, Rur can tell they are clearly much stronger than a, a normal zombie. Uh, they're clearly capable of, of creating spawn. They, they seem like the progenitors of whatever had happened to uh, your boy Franklin. But you don't know the specifics exactly of what they are. I mean, your cloistered upbringing was not a whole lot of studying various types of undead necessarily. 
you're not positive what these are. Clearly, though, they were able to use their negative energy, their necrotic power to siphon life from living flesh. And eventually, based on Franklin, at some point, that wraps around into reanimation, replacing their life force with negative energy entirely. Interesting. Which is a horrifying concept, really. Yeah, and I'll, of course, explain, while not knowing the specifics of what they are, what I do know. So, everybody knows that there might be more of these around now. I've seen mm. similar things. Hmm. I've read about them, but I've never seen anything like this before. Well, thankfully, it appears that not quite all of the knights in this uh, crypt have animated this way. But what, what could even cause this? These, this is no work of the wars. These are unintelligent. They have no knowledge, no tactics. They did not even wield their weapons on their backs. These are perversion. I told you, something has disturbed them and done something to them, and I don't know who or what it is. Touch mm. the ring? No. Tyrannus. This rage you're feeling for what they've done, whatever it is, let's not focus on the question of why. You're going to rack your brain trying to understand something bad, something dark. Just know that these right now, they're not your brothers anymore. Sad say I'm not. And he uh, steps up to the closest of the, the large sarcophagi here that are still closed and uh, drops it. I just kind of casts his halberd down next to him <clears throat> and uh, moves up and with all the force he can muster, slams his shoulder and one hand into the sarcophagus, just forcing it off of the dais, where it slams down onto the ground with a massive burst of dust. Damn these creatures! Whatever they have become. It's this corruption, this infection. A perversion of everything, everything we stood for, everything these creps were meant to be. Send them back to the path then And we'll all put a stop to it Indeed uh, The Hell Knights long abandoned this place Their guard Stands for nothing anymore Everything here they have left behind It is forsaken And he uh, bends over and picks up his halberd Buford Opens that casket points to the one that he's thrown on the ground next to you. Uh, any, any particular reason? And uh, as he gets his halberd back up and just grips it with both hands, if you are going to be sure if you are done with this. I think it's actually rather prudent. It's a good well, enough right, precaution. Then, if, if you guys think so. I'd you rather want me not to make have an... more of those running around. I can yeah. help, too. Want me to make an athletics uh, check? Make me an athletics check. They are... Like, they are sealed with a latch. So, I mean, you could either pick the locks on the side or just try to, through brute strength, force the lids off. I'm, these locks look old and brittle. I could probably, we could probably just pick them open. Okay. Uh, okay. No point sure. doing damage if we don't have to. But, uh, oh, okay. No, <laughs> you've had your fun for the moment. Be good. Nick wants to break things. Nick can't break anything. <clears throat> 
I'm going to I'm going to walk to the other side of the room and try and uh, open I'm, one. How'd that work out for you? I'm going to give my hero point that has apparently disappeared. Your session reroll, you mean? Yes. Which is somewhere. I have no clue where it is. Uh, 17. Uh, what is 17? As you put your lockpicks into the side of this thing, and it, you just don't have the tools for this. This is a lock on a huge Great. stone casket. <laughs> I will. Tiny little like lockpicks are not going to be enough. Like near, don't seem to be nearly enough to move the massive mechanism inside this huge ledge. Oh wow! This is a I mean, huge mechanism. I was, I was going to try as well. <laughs> Should have brought bigger picks. Uh, I'm going to also spend a session reroll. <laughs> we are the academics the versus the meatheads. <laughs> I'm technically also an academic, yeah. but I do like breaking things. 25. Uh, with a 25, you got to use it a little bit differently. It's not the same kind of a technique that you would use for like the Lock and Boz's house. Uh, but with enough force and leverage, you can actually just force the inner chamber of this lock to rotate with a massive grinding clank. Use a Titan <clears throat> as a tension wrench. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can slide. Oh, well done. The uh, the top of the sarcophagus off, and reveal inside what looks to be a fairly standard helmet, uh, without a helmet, uh, but uh, a body left interred. Looking very similar to the zombies you'd fought Thank before, you. just with pure age, the skin drawn tight and dry. We, we may need this again. Inside is a breastplate and creatures, full armored with halberd placed uh, alongside next to it. And uh, as soon as this lid gets off, Tyrannus steps forward, raises his halberd up, and just bashes the bottom of the uh, the halberd into the skull of the Hell Knight resting there. Then just does it again and again, and just slams over and over just destroying i mean this thing is a fragile old skeleton like the skull is obliterated at the first swing and it's I mean, now it's been, fragile old powder it's, it's been here for so long there's no like blood or anything that skirts out it's just like an old congealed body and as he just smashes it to pieces with the halberd again and again and again before he just loses himself with this blind fury literally just lifting his leg up and just stamping on the corpse several more times into the armor left there in the casket and throws his halberd down on it. I will walk over and put a hand on Tyrannus's shoulder. Vaitons adds their own more. Ah, next one, I suppose. Well, now here, I don't know if we should continue. There are plenty oh, of corpses, corpses throughout this. infection down here. Well, I feel like we should try and figure out what's going on around here. There ain't, there's got to be a reason for this. Well, perhaps, but we haven't been able to find any sign. Uh, it simply could simply be that this is just what happens with these necromantic wards when you leave them alone for so long. Tyrannus? And the stone starts to crumble so, around them. Well, when no. we first got in here, those two were open, right? Two were open, right. So the, someone uh, clearly had been forth. messing around with them. Well, they were messing around. So make me a perception check. Sure. Seeking guy real quick. Seeking guy. Seeking guy. Ooh, Ooh, nat 20. 20. 27. I can read that 20 from here. (laughs) Uh, With the natural 20s, you look at the second of these caskets that it opened, uh, you can see scratching, scrabbling marks across the inside uh, where it had been raked and then forced open from within. Ah. Uh, But 
as Tyrannus kind of loses himself here, and Roar and Resme are a bit back from this, uh, you notice something change in the room. You see out of the corner of your eye, you turn to your left and look at the far end of the wall, where you can see what looks like a set of glowing runes. Uh, some kind of magical text up on the wall. You notice as it changes and the light fades out from it. Huh. Just leaving engravings there. It wasn't brightly glowing, and it was just a very dull faint. Not even enough to put out its own light. Until light was brought into the room, you couldn't see the, the, like the pale, uh, black, uh, almost color just emanating out of this uh, almost like a pale mist more than a light. Huh. But you would notice it fade. Huh. Some runes here. Um, arcane ones? Uh, what is that? It would be identifying magic. So since you can do that in one minute, you can spend a minute uh, starting to try and head over to the east side of the room and look over those. As Tyrannus turns to, uh, to Buddy... Vi, whatever happened, clearly it has gone wrong. Whatever is intended to be done, whatever wards were meant to be done here, they are ruined and corrupt. These are no longer Hell Knights. These are abominations. Well, I mean, I, I, I doubt it took... I doubt it was very easy for them to get out of here. I mean, even if we have... We could probably... Tyrannus, I, I don't think your brothers drew these runes. Something is causing this to happen. They're engraved into the stone uh, as a part of the wall. And uh, give me your arcana check, or major, whatever is better that you're using to identify magic. The arcana. Okay. Believe in the arcana. Believe. Believe. Uh, 21. Exactly the DC. Woo! Sometimes love is enough. This, these encryption, these engravings, these glyphs, and the latent magic within them is the necromantic word. Uh, this up on the wall here is what had animated the undead here in the crypt. It is what Vaz had inadvertently triggered when she performed her ritual. It's what had raised the skeletons. And seeing as the energy just now faded from them, apparently the zombies as well. Mm. Uh, now that the runes have gone dark, you know that there are no more undead in this crypt that have been animated by the ward. It is purged. Tyrannus, we're good. The, the crypt has been purged. The wards have gone dark. It's, it's done. You trust in that, though? They were never meant to create something like this. They, they were never meant to spawn mindless zombies look or corrupted me. spirits. Stop and look at me. We don't know what their intention was. No, we don't. Which is why we should be sure of how we have the chance. If you want to be sure, destroy the potential for that ward to ever do anything again. Break the ward itself. So that is, uh... That is going to be difficult. It is a pretty powerful, magical object. And you can't really just bash it to death with weapons. You would, both of you would just know from your own magical understanding. It's, I have it's dispel magic, magic but it would be one hell of a check. You oh. can attempt to dispel it. I have a repair kit. You I can, can actually also, try to chisel it out of the wall. You can try to physically dismantle it uh, without causing it to trigger any further harm. And the finesse required to do so is going to be a thievery check. Uh, 
basically, because it's, it's a functionally disabling a device. Oh, I can't use crafting. Okay. Give me a minute. Let me... Why? This is almost impossible, but let me at least give it a try. Can resume. Conserve your resources, please. This... We... I understand the fear here. The problem is... We are journeying into what my mother would call a nest of vipers. If you're going to stop a nest of vipers, then collapse the nest. We'll fight these snakes as we go along, but we have to find a source. And rather than questioning what the source is, rather than questioning why this is all happening, find the source and stop it. I mostly just want to make Tyrannus feel better. We did find the source. I'm going to say that these runes are probably appear to be the source of what the necromantic is, power. But what is activating them? Voss. There is some. Voss did, with her with her meddling and her tampering. Then channel that fury into Voss. Now wait here uh, one moment, Esbeth. She didn't know she what is she was getting into. for this desecration. Whether it's... intentionally or not, ignorance of the consequences of one's actions is no excuse. Well, I mean, it is an excuse because there is a huge difference between intentionally or not. If you If it's not intentionally, it's If you kill somebody whether you meant to or not, they're still dead. Yeah, but it's a big difference on whether you meant to or not. That's what makes the difference between one person and the next. Well, such a thing is what courts are for, correct? If I did not stand if, if I simply abide what has happened here to the rest of all these good Hell Knights who have served in life and for left respected in death? If I simply ignore this, I have no business in the Order of the Nail. But if your Order of the Nail is there, uh, is there words that got triggered? It's not like she made the words and tri- she just accidentally triggered them. Maybe she accidentally triggered them. Well, I mean, it's neither here nor there. I'm willing to hear her out, but if she did this, then she is responsible, and she must be held responsible. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go over to the wall, take out some paper, and get some rubbings of the actual runes. Okay. Do I have uh, a copy of what they... Of, yeah, of how it, they it is a in? fairly large ward. I mean, a couple feet across. Like The, the glyphs themselves are massive. Okay. So uh, it would take a few sheets of paper to do so, but you absolutely could uh, take a cohesive rubbing Perfect. of the thing as a whole and like, mark the corners of each page for order. Uh, Dolren, I, I would venture to say that maybe, maybe you as well, but we may be the only three that would even be able to discern anything generalizable from these runes. Do these seem to have any specific meaning to you in the runes themselves to understand uh, what they mean and how they were constructed? Yeah, they're not a language of any sort. They are just magical glyphs, similar to like right. what's written on scrolls. But magic has relationship to other things. If you do a ward, that ward has aspects of it. I want to know whether or not this organization of glyphs has some meaning to this ward, or if it may not be what we think it is. 
Okay. Well, I think like you identifying just, the root spell exact, or cause. Well, I, I think you you actually and, yeah, and, and you, you identified it you as identified the necromantic ward. I, I it know, is but, the necromantic ward itself. But I don't know what the necromantic ward is. It's, I only know what he told oh, me it right. does. Oh, oh, well, you you succeeded that check, so you you know that uh, it is exactly a uh, a fight, fire with fire thing. It is largely what he said. Okay, so uh, the I ward to make sure animated. That a number of bodies here in the crypt. It was set to trigger uh, if any kind of necromantic magic targeted any of the dead in the crypt. Okay. So uh, you would be fine with false life wouldn't set this off. Healing yourselves wouldn't set this off. But as soon as any kind of necromantic magic is attempting to interfere with the rest of the dead, this activates and animates a number of them to rise and defend the crypt. Which is why Vaz's ritual to try to speak with them set it all off. Got it. Because it was technically interfering. She was disturbing the dead. She was connecting with the dead with necromancy. Okay. Sorry. I I missed that I actually got that. No, yeah. You you succeeded. You have have identified the magic in the Fabulous. Okay. Now I'm very confident in what it is. So I feel very confident in my conclusions. Yeah. And it also, it seems as though um, that there is, uh, it occurs to us, uh, occurs to me at least, that there's... uh, one group of people who would know uh, probably a bit more of the details about these wards and particularly why they're no longer used, and that would be the signifiers back at the Order of the Nail. Uh, perhaps uh, you may, if you choose, take this information back with you and perhaps find some answers for yourself. He just, uh, he just sits on the clear dais where he just shoved the first of the coffins off of the top and just sits down and plants his half of his halberd on the ground. And... Perhaps Zayvud has the answers, I'm sure, if such magic is even still practiced. If they felt to, uh, uh, of course, if they felt like they would like to share it with you, I suppose. You. I cannot. You understand. We have served each other well as allies in our travels so far, and since weeks in the vaults, and our exploration of Falls' shop or whatever, but I cannot let this slide. I will bring this vase to justice. Better without your help. Well, uh, please, uh, don't think as though what we are against going and finding her, tracking her down and figuring out what is is behind all of her uh, machinations. Uh, If she's broken laws, then I suppose it would make sense for her to Then take what you need of the dead interred here. These, these volictors by Asmodeus. These lictors deserve to have what parts they can in bringing justice against that defiler. Because huh. though they are alive, they would want nothing more. Yeah, fair enough, then. Uh, well, let's see if uh, what the dead have to offer us in our in our quest. Detect magic? Detect magic definitely activates. I'm just and going to go on ahead and read our the weapons As first. you go around with radar, it's less a matter of what is, is magical and more what isn't. Uh, the great sword... And the halberd across the zombies, more magical. The halberd interred with the other lictor in the now-opened crypt is magical. Uh, there are three more sealed crypts still that may hold even more things. In addition, uh, the bracers on each of the zombies are also magical. So the okay. lictors here were clearly interred with a large amount of their gear. All right. Uh, what do the bracers do? Uh, give me an arcana check while he's uh, looking through the rest of this, because you can identify in a minute. But give me still... a hot minute. Oh yeah, right. I got a secret check. What's your, uh, what's your modifier? Plus eight. 
So the bracers on the first corpse are bracers of missile deflection. Hmm. And uh, if you put those on, they're enchanted with just a mild abjurative ward uh, that will allow you as a reaction, if you are hit but not critically hit by a ranged attack, you can activate the bracers to gain plus two AC against that attack. And if that causes the attack to miss, it misses. Can I just say that those would look so lovely on me? But and may I talk to you a moment? The second set of braces sure is actually different. Real quick, uh, the second is more of a, a single bangle on one wrist than it is actual van braces. And this bangle glows with a orange aura of transmutation. And as a single action, once per day, you can give yourself a 10-foot status bonus to speed for a minute. Um... It also passively gives you a plus one item bonus to acrobatics. The bracelet of dashing. In all honesty, you're the most you're the most dashing person here. You're also the fastest, so making you faster gives us the most benefit. Nice. So, given some time down here, as uh, the rest of the sarcophagi are being opened and they're identifying whatever's going on, what were you saying? Uh, just um. <clears throat> trying to move away from Tyrannus so that he can, uh, and he can he can do the Esvis thing. He can brood. Um, <laughs> he brooding. He brooding. We're, I think these bracers would be good for either you or me. You're fine to have them. We can figure out the allocation a little later. Yeah, I, I'm just throwing them onto a common thing right now. Okay. Um, and we should probably, uh, seeing as how that uh, it wouldn't be, it, we'll see what else the dead have to offer us. Let's go open the other sarcophagi. While, While you're doing that, that uh, buddy, Tyrannus is mourning the desecration of these people, and Vaz is our most likely suspect. That being said, I know that you want to not have a needless loss of life. I ain't saying I just want to make sure his justice and my justice are the same things. I feel like we should bring her in and see what she's got to say for herself, but I just don't want this to be a slaughter fest. I understand. That being said, I'm being biased here, because if I see her with what she's done, with what I've experienced, I will kill her. But I trust you. We've worked together long enough, and if you do not wish her dead, say to me now, and I will see to it that that does not happen. Well, I do appreciate this. I I just can't imagine that this elf that Dalran and Resme and Rur have been friends with for as long as they've been here could be that bad. I don't I she may be she may, may be in mourning too. I I just can't see how she would just be some evil mindless ghoul wanting to destroy undead and bring all this stuff. I if she must die, then she must die. Things happen. But I sure would appreciate Estes as a personal favor to me. Just at least just waiting to see what she says. She, like I've said, some people are more stupid than they are evil. And while Calmont was a prime example of being stupid and egotistical from what Rur was reading, 
the same seems to apply to her as well. Yeah. So. Ain't, it ain't no... Ain't nothing worth killing if they're just stupid. I will give you that. But let's support Tyrannus. And we will... I, will. I do understand he's grieving. He's a bit rash right now, so... Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it under wraps. I just don't want to get too hasty in any any decisions for over lives. Then, as your friend, I will see to it. I do appreciate it, Isvis. I know you always got my back. And I appreciate all those arrows, arrows going into that weird creepy monster. He's got some real sharp claws on him. We'll keep going. And as, uh, we'll come back over to the group. So over the next few minutes, as you open up the rest of the sarcophagi, uh, you end up with a, a war flail, a morning star, and a third halberd. You never have too uh, many halberds. After some <laughs> identification, uh, you've seen a couple of these now, and uh, it's fairly easy for you to work out what is in the rest of these. All six of these weapons bear a lesser potency run. So, you end up with three plus one halberds, a plus one morning star, a plus one greatsword, and a plus one war flail, in addition to the bracers of missile deflection and the bracelet of dashing. Um, I will put on the bracers of uh, missile deflection. Okay. So, very briefly, it doesn't super matter yet before we hop off, going to cover investiture. Cool. Um, any item, it matters for plus one weapons too, I suppose. They actually do have to be invested. Uh, most magical gear that you're going to wear has to be invested. You have an innate uh, amount of your own power, your own force of will that you can use to manifest the magic in these items. Because, like, the bracers of missile deflection, you can't put them on a table and shoot arrows at them and expect them to deflect the arrows. They're running off of some amount of your life force. Mm. So any magical item, generally, that works, that you equip, or that uh, works consistently, you have to, what's called, invest. And that only, back in the playtest, this was, there was a huge thing about this. It was based off charisma. It was a giant debacle. A lot of people were really mad. Uh, what it means these days is you just can't have more than 10 invested items at oh, okay. one time. So it's a limit that we probably will not be interacting with for some time. It's just worth keeping in the back of your mind. For the moment, I have zero, so now I have one. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's, if you give it, if you, uh, the only person who would have two is whoever took the bracelet. If you took the bracelet of dashing, then you would have two. Uh, people, yeah, I, I guess I could take two. it. That's, that's fine, unless someone else... Yeah, we'll take, talk about we can later. figure that out yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. with the necromantic ward deactivated, Tyrannus's fury solidly directed now towards Vaz and a tacit determination from him to see this through. We'll leave that for next week. And next week, when we return, I figure we're probably going to be tracking down Miss Vaz Lorraine. Mm. Or at least heading up to Guardian's Way to see if we can find any indication of what she's actually doing here, because on purpose or otherwise, she has made some people a little irritated now. <laughs> and we have a very interested pile of kind of conflicted feelings between the Ferasman worshipping elf, who she is a necromancer who has animated a bunch of undead, and Tyrannus, who has seen his, basically his family defiled, and Buford, who believes that anybody could be redeemed. And you two have been friends with Vaz <laughs> for months or years. She lied to me. I'm on both sides of the table. Yeah, you got both of this. You're Saren Ray, who about <laughs> was the second, number two on undead hating behind Phrasma, 
but also want to find the good in people, want to believe that there is... I don't think she did it on purpose, but god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Knock that off, (laughs) fuck! You! Stop it! Exactly. Stop it! Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. Thank you all for being here.